Blank check with Griffin and David. Blank check with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Blank Check. What is this place? It's a place I built for all those podcasts out there lurking in the shadows, hiding from the persecution of humankind, for them and their families to come and be themselves, a void of torches, pitchforks, angry mobs, a place of peace, relaxation, and tranquility. So it's like a hotel for podcasts? Yes, exactly. A hotel for podcasts. Way to sum it up. (laughs) (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. What is that? Why is that funny? It's a funny speech in the first movie. <laughs> yeah. No, the blah, blah, blah thing, I mean. Oh, yeah. You were all over Twitter saying, why is this funny? Why is it's it funny. funny? It, it, it shouldn't be that funny. Hey, look, that could be the headline for this entire if episode. I just sat someone down and I was like, yeah, they say, he says like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I don't say that. They'd be like, huh? <laughs> That's like the joke. It's like the big joke. It's like kind of the biggest running <laughs> joke. Hello, everybody. My name's Griffin Newman. I am David Sims. It's a blank check with Griffin and David. It's a podcast about filmographies, directors who are given a series of blank checks after experiencing massive success or learning their career to make whatever they want. Sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then sometimes we just do this. Sometimes we do this. It's really Some- nothing to do with anything. Sometimes <laughs> I, I throw a tanty. <laughs> a little tant. I throw a little tant. <laughs> a tiny tant. And I say I want to talk about the Hotel Transylvania movies. Which you've consistently talked about on, on this podcast. podcast. It's I been a big running thing. From the start. Very early on. I You'll think bring even it up once Back in, in the Star Wars days, I was like, do you know this movie is fucking good? Yeah, because... It I was think, a big like stump speech of mine because at the time, everyone was like, that movie looks dumb. I think it was that the second one was coming out um, like around when we were doing the Star Wars stuff. I think it was even before that. I think it was literally just off of... No, the second one came out September 2015. So, you know, okay. we, were, we were doing Star Wars. And the first one's 2012? Yeah, that's right. They make oh. them every three years. Yeah. First one premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. Did you know that? Oh, wow. <laughs> I think this one premiered at, like, Cannes, right? Yeah, it did. That's <laughs> crazy. It won the, the Palme d'Or. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, I mean, we, you and I were talking after seeing, we saw three together. We saw, so well, we're talking H- about the H2 Hotel three, Transylvania series, right? Yeah, we yeah. saw Summer Vacation together. And we were talking about how this trilogy is a weird arm wrestling match for autorship. That's true. So I guess that's the through line for our show. It's got two creative powers. Yes. Quite both alike in dignity (laughs) (laughs) in fair Hollywood where we set our scene. Uh Uh-huh. You've got Adam Sandler. Right. Did you know that this is the first theatrically released film Adam Sandler has done since Hotel Transylvania 2 apart from like Meyerowitz, which you can oh, yeah. kind of count as, but like it's basically like, a Netflix movie. Dude just goes to Netflix now. Like, I don't yeah. think he's, I'm, I can double check this. I don't think he's done um like movie. No, because Pixels was pre, mm-hmm. that was his last Pixels is 15 as well. Right. And then you have Hotel Transylvania 2. And then, yeah, apart from Meyerowitz, which got a sort of limited release, he's only done Netflix movies. Yeah, that's crazy. And Meyerowitz is a Netflix movie. And yeah. I think he's got another Netflix coming out next year. This franchise remains pretty much the last vestige of Adam Sandler's theatrical career. Right. And yet, you know what it does? 
Huge business. Make money. Buffalo box office. Exactly. It's not like it's not making tons of money. No. It, it, the second one outgrossed the first. This one is outgrossing the yep. second. It, yep. 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 Which is weird because I feel like this has gone from being my weird little like dark horse franchise that no one even considered. And I, I most people when I try to sell them out, we're like, what is this? When did this come out? <laughs> Who cares? Right. And now people are like, oh, those fucking movies. Right. Now it's just annoying. Now you see the trailer for it and you're like, they keep making this. What? I have to know it exists. Without having seen them, right. people yeah. are just like, what is this? Some fucking bullshit? It has to be bad. <laughs> it just sounds bad. And then the trailer is just like. I don't know, like a bunch of hijinks and Adam Sandler is a vampire. And this, these movies do not work well in trailers. No. No, because no. Wh- when you see the gags that are right. so much about... It looks like Family Guy shit. It looks like, except like not even, you know, transgressive. But so also like just, Andy Tarkovsky is all about like timing. Yeah. And so like when the gags are fast paced or when they're slow, it's all about like the rhythm around that gag. And when you just cut them back together, it's just like this looks like just a calamity. Do you know what else is true about Hotel Transylvania 3? What? It's the first time they've released in the summer. Yes. It's upgraded to summer blockbuster. The other ones came out in September, September which is like real doldrum And it was a big deal that they were like such big September releases because everyone thought that was kind of like a punt. Yeah, right. And then it's like they do well there. They take it to summer. Harder, you know, they're yeah. coming up against your Marvels, your Ant-Men, mm-hmm. your, uh, who else we got? Your Equalizers. Your yeah, your Mamas. Oh, by the way, happy Equalizer weekend, everybody. Uh, your Fallen Kingdoms. Yeah. Your Purges. And holding its own. Doing great. Drac and the Boys. Yep. The Drac Pack. Your mm-hmm. Uncle uh, Drew. Drew? Mm-hmm. Uncle Drew's. Your Did Uncle you see Drew's? Uncle Drew? I haven't yet. You were talking about seeing it. I think, uh, hurry up. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think it's going to linger. <laughs> I, ju- I just I just, uh, uh, finished production on, on the tick, and now I'm, I'm eagerly catching up with the 27 movies I need to see. Oh, right, guys. That's, wait, that's what you've been doing? Yeah, that's why I haven't been here in months. Oh, that's oh. why we've just been recording the ads alone, yeah. the two of us. Okay. I was kind of right. wondering what happened to yeah. Griffin. Yeah. Well, you thought I was just late? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Every time. Yeah. For six months. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wasn't six. It was like four. It was okay. four. It was it was a gentleman's four. And yeah, really. Well, yeah, is that you that's your rating? Yeah, I am like D plus. Uh, uh, broken by the way. I'm suffering from severe back pain and I vomited oh, yeah. a bunch we of should oh, mention, uh, Griffin's in a full body cast. Yeah, I'm in a full body so cast. I saw the movie with Griffin yesterday, and then after the movie was done, I was like like just sort of thinking to myself, oh maybe we'll like go get some pizza or something. Griffin's like, I have to go. And I was like, Oh, you got it. And he's like, Yeah, no, I've got to go home. And I apparently you just went home and puked. I did. So great, great. Uh, I've been laid up most of the time. I uh, injured myself doing a dialogue scene. Congrats. Uh, so I'm doing great. I mean, I've injured myself like sitting in a chair. I can't I mean, really make fun of you. That's what this was like. But the problem is that I also do physically demanding stuff on this show. That's so true. It You're looks really around. lame for me to like. To be fair, it was it dialogue. It was the straw that broke the camel's back Correct. or whatever. Yeah. It was the straw that broke the griffin's back. And, uh, yeah, so I saw this movie I, with you yesterday, and I was in immense physical pain the entire time. We went to AMC with but the recliner seats. We reclined. Seats. I know, still hurt, mm-hmm. and then I puked a bunch afterwards. And we, we talked some shit about, you know, Axel and uh, oh, Wonder oh. Park or okay. whatever these things so are. So we, we go see this movie together, right? We're seeing a fucking weekday matinee, Hotel Transylvania 3. Saw so a lot of the, the blankies on Reddit going, oh, God, how am I going to go see this movie by myself? Oh, I'm going to look like a creepazoid. Wait till you hear Ben's story. <laughs> He was telling me, go on, go on. So we go to this theater and it's us and it's like four dads with kids, right? Mm-hmm. We saw fucking five dog trailers. A, a, a lot of dogs. So you Same got at mine. Dog yeah. Days. All these dogs. Whatever them, it's called. All of them coming out in August. Yeah. Yeah. Dog August Days of Oggy Doggy. 
And then this is kind of a stealth dog movie. Hotel Transylvania I mean, 3 he's is. He's the breakout of he's, film. He's pretty good. The best. <laughs> you loved him. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, Ben, you saw it, I believe. You can tell. You can tell. Well, I went listeners. to the 11 p.m. showing <laughs> last night. Okay. Which, like, it's crazy that they show this movie at 11 p.m. It was weird. And I was like. What theater? Which theater? AMC 7 uh, and 3rd. Oh, same, that's Same fucking place. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you might have sat in the same seats. Oh you sit in those handicapped seats did, in the back. Did it smell like us? <laughs> we took the handicapped seats. Really it was nice. empty. It was it an was empty, empty theater. Uh, but I was intrigued to see who was going to be there. It was mostly couples. <laughs> Were you like a, a red carpet reporter? Like, who's going to show up? Yeah. <laughs> I was intrigued to see who was going to be there. Oh, boy. It was okay. mostly young couples, like in their early 20s. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple near me that was kind of like making out. They were hand jobbing each other. Heavy petting. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was like, I was like, this is a family movie. But I could yeah. see, like, say you're 21. The first one came out, you were like 14. You yeah, know. at this point, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you might you might have made I out for like the them. first right. time during a Hotel Transylvania movie. Now that's like a sexual fetish. That was like an activation point for you. I wasn't going there. God. No, but the first time you kiss somebody, it's in the theater seeing oh, HT1, and then now you're like, look, I can only get it up for Drac and the boys. I get it. That's why I go to all the Terminator movies. <laughs> wonder why you wouldn't stop talking about your experiencing salvation. I loved it. Uh, but then there was a bunch of guys uh-huh. by themselves, and I saw the ultimate creep. He had a shirt, one of those like, well, I left my other computer at the <laughs> technology store, and then he had the worst bald hair I've ever seen on a human being in my life. To try to compensate for? No. He, I'm imagining he just, it's just growing. Well, I was There isn't that, a lot left, yeah. but it's just growing. It, it just, it looks like someone took a fucking thin <laughs> shit on his head. Shit. So anyway, we became friends. Yeah. Um, and here he is. He's- <laughs> I'd like to introduce him to you guys. Well, kind of sounds like your theater was was uh, full of monsters. Mm. Yeah. Murray the Mummy. What is it? Frank. How do you know their names? Wayne the Werewolf. Frank is is Franken the Frankenstein monster. Correct. Right. Griffin. The Invisible, Griffin, Invisible Man. Which is the name of the Claude Rains Correct. character, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting Who else someone. we got? Who else we got? Well, those are the main ones. Those are the main ones. I mean, Mavis, obviously. Blobby. Blobby, right. Blobby's cool. Yeah. Johnny. Johnny Stein. Uh, Johnny Johnny Stein, uh, the, the backpacker. Denisovich. Uh, the, his son, yeah. only in two and three. Yeah. Uh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, I mean, just, then we get into the supporting cast of this movie, which is just stacked. But you got like, yeah, because a skeleton. There's like <laughs> floating a floating brain guy. I was gonna say floating brain guy. Floating the best. brain. There's like a suit of armor in at least one a or two couple, of them. Yeah, shrunken uh, head door knockers. Shrunken heads. The there's, witches. There's like a quasi mode. Uh, John Lovitz is a quasi mode. Big part main antagonist of the first yeah, one, one could yeah, argue. Yeah. Uh, Vlad, of course. Uh, Dragstad. It was the chupacabra. Yeah, he, we were we were like, wait, who's this who blue creature? And, this then, and then he was like, oh, is there goats? Goat, please. And we were like, oh, oh it's kind of hot. Too. Okay. Yeah, he was kind of hot. What? <laughs> okay, so context. We're kind of such a context. Let's dig into this thing. Uh, Sony Pictures Animation has been this weird ramshackle thing, right? Uh-huh. In the like post-Pixar, post-DreamWorks, every studio deciding like, oh, fuck, we need one of those. Yeah. Um, Sony 
and their animation department's always been this sort of like odd jalopy of a thing. Mm. Because uh, after the big Disney renaissance, everyone tried to do their own hand-drawn stuff. Okay. And like Fox doubling down with Don Bluth, these different studios trying those things, and they didn't fucking work. Mm-hmm. I've said this before. It's a crazy thing to think about. The first, do you know what the first non-Disney animated film to make $100 million is? Pondering. I Anastasia. The Rugrats movie. <laughs> All right. Like cool. before the Rugrats movie, no non-Disney studio had released no an animated blockbuster. It. Sure. Yeah. No one I mean, the, the, the Bluth ones did okay. Those were like doubles or triples. I mean, that was like a big deal was when Disney was bombing, the Bluth movie started doing better. So right. it was like Land Before Time did better than Fox and the Hound. Yeah. But it was like still like low stakes to a certain degree, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Land Before Time made about 50. Yeah. You know, that adjusted, that's like 100. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but uh, no no one had really cracked it to that degree. Everyone had sort of given up. And then when Pixar took off and then DreamWorks very successfully started piggybacking off of Pixar, they made that hard turn into CGI because DreamWorks was going to be a hand-drawn studio. It was going to be Katzenberg trying to replicate what we had done at Disney. Then everyone said, oh, we can just fucking do that. Get some animals. They raised one eyebrow. Cast sure. some funny characters. Sounds good so far. Well, but with DreamWorks Animation, they have like ants. What else they have? Well, and then Shrek was like the huge breakthrough. And yeah, then they, they had start- ants, though. They had ants. A ants very well-written movie. And you see, if you think about it, the ant is called Z. Yes. And it's like Ant Z. Like, that. it's about him. And also, it's like, here's the, the title is Ants with a Z. And the movie you're going to see is Ants with a Z. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And they made The Prince of Egypt. Right, which which made hundred million dollars. That's that was 2D. Right, right. That, that 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 did well. But that's what they thought they were going to do. They had this company PDI, who they were having produce like animated films for them, and I think that was like just a secondary kind of thing. That was mostly just an ego battle against Pixar, and right. then those start really working. Right, and then the other hand drawn DreamWorks movies, Rotel Dorado, Sinbad, are bombing hard. Spirit. Spirit of the Simran, right. aka Simran, Stallion of the Spirit. Uh, Titan AE bombed really hard. Yep. So everyone's like closing up shot. Stallion, and Spirit of the Simran. There's this thing that I find very interesting. Spirit, Stallion of the Simran. Spirit, Simran of the Stallion. <laughs> Simran, Stallion of the Spirit. I think I did that one already. There's a thing I find very interesting, mm-hmm. which is that with animation in the feature world, it feels like the die is cast by whatever the first thing is. Okay. So like... Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, first big American. Sure, so we're going to do a lot of fairy tales, I mean, for, revivals. For decades, that songs, was the notion. That's what you princesses, do. sure. If another studio is going to make an animated film, that's what it's going to be. It's got to be a musical. It's got to be a fairy tale or at least some sort of folk tale or something, right? Mm-hmm. There's a similar thing with like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas being the first major stop motion film. Most stop motion movies are still about monsters. Uh, right. Right? Yeah, because it's like herky-jerky and creepy. Right. Right. And I think the same thing happened with Toy Story, where it was like, this is what the comedic sensibility of a CGI movie is. Which is what? like, Oh, the characters are a little more adult. Mm. They're a little more knowing. Mm. It's placing sort of like comedic personalities into a weird world. I feel like another thing, though, is that's even more important is that they're star-driven. That's right. I said comedic personalities. You're, yeah, you're no, taking right. the people's right. voices... It, Not like, just literally, you know, but when also, you're making Shark Tale, yes. like the little fish should look like Will Smith and the big shark should look like uh, De Niro. Yes. And all that. Mm-hmm. And Scorsese is like a clownfish or whatever. Well, that's it is. like the DreamWork apex where they break it down into some sort of like really crass mathematical formula mm-hmm. for what people want out of these movies. 
oh, it feels like one of those things. And then other studios are trying to do that as well. Right. right, right, Get to your point. That's enough. So Sony is throwing like a lot of darts at the board. Apparently one of the things that came out in like the Sony hacks, there's a lot of really interesting shit. Re-Hotel Transylvania that came out in the Sony hacks. Interesting. If you knew where to look, which I did. <laughs> where no one was looking? Is yeah. that where you were looking? Yeah. So, do you know, can you tell me Sony's uh, first animated film? Open Season. How do you know that? I know this shit! Oh, this is the only value I have in the world. <laughs> Values. That's that's putting it strong. It's the only, it's all I got. Can you name the stars of Open Season? Yes, I can. Martin Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And... Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. I believe Deborah Messing's the female. Correct. And the, the villain? I don't know who the villain is. Gary Sinise. Really? Wolf Zone. <laughs> and he played Step in the Wolf? Uh, correct, yes. Yeah. No, he plays like a hunter or something. Isn't yeah. it about like hunting? I think so. Who knows? It's I open season. It. I didn't see it. Sure. And that was one that was just sort of like marginal, didn't do very well. Yeah, then they had Surf's Up. Right. Uh you know, Oscar nominated. It's got penguins. Yeah. Kind of cute, right? A lot of these things I like haven't seen and that sort of were like box office like doubles or triples at best. And then they had Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Which is kind of a breakthrough. That's a good movie. Does well, critically uh, yes. r- well received. Launches Lord Miller into their feature film career. Then it's a, a little patchier. Can you tell me the next one uh, from Sony? Well, well, in between you're missing um, a Monster House. Oh, that's not on this. Oh, uh, maybe because I guess it was mind. produced by the Zemeckis Image Works rather than by mm. Sony Pictures Animation. Sure. Was it okay. just like released by Sony? Right. Yeah, it was okay. released by Columbia. Right. So next thing after... It's two years later. Not Smurfs. It's the Smurfs. Right. Yeah. They count those. Yeah. And then... Um, those two and they're, then... They're hybrid, obviously. Right. And there's also... um, uh, Goosebumps, actually, they file as a Sony animation. They do. Yeah. That's sort of weird. Yeah. Uh, you're, there's Arthur Christmas. Which is fine. Uh, is that CG or is that clay? That is CG to look uh, like clay. Ardman, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the Pirates, which is, that's clay. really good. That's, yeah. that's cute. Yeah. And then in 2012, mm-hmm. America gets a gift. It's a check-in to the Hotel Transylvania. I'm, I'm done. Now, this know. is why that's this it. context is important. Because you asked me right before we recorded, is this based off some fucking book or something? And it's Quite the opposite. Okay. This is one of those things that we often mock as just like this fucking industry. Right, right, Where right. some guy went in with like a 20-minute presentation on a franchise. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow. Okay. That's what Who Hotel Transylvania it? is. I'm going to get the guy's name for you. He wrote and directed like two movies in the 80s. And other than that, like this is now his breadwinner. Is it Todd Durham? Yes, yes. correct. Okay. I'm, yes, I'm reading about this guy. Studied comedy writing. Right, Tales you of know, the Third Dimension and Hyperspace whatever. in 1982 and 84. He comes in with the pitch, doesn't write the movie. He gets no. a story credit. The yeah. movie's written by Robert Smigel, who's mm-hmm. like a Sandler mainstay. He's and Peter Bainham, who's a, who's a British Arnado comedy mainstay. Inucci, yeah, he's a funny guy. guy. Right. He, 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 I think he, yeah, he worked on Borat, and, yeah. but he also worked on like all the great Chris Morris, like, uh, you know, uh, Brass Eye, Day to Day, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, but, funny. But this guy just comes in and goes, here's the pitch for a franchise. Here's six movies, here's four TV shows, here's action figures, here's video games, here's apps. It's one of those things you hear where it's just like, he sold them just an empty box. Mm-hmm, it was right. like, it's a hotel full of monsters, here's all the different things you could make out of it. He didn't even really pitch storylines. Yeah. You know, it was just like, you could put these characters in anything. Yeah. And you could open a hotel. And you could open a hotel. Hey. For humans? It does feel like it's a big miss that Sony doesn't have like a theme park sort of connection 
and can't have like a hotel Transylvania at a theme park, like a hotel. Right. Or yeah, a motel a, Transylvania okay, or whatever. Here's, here's a bunch of ghouls my, and zombies yeah. walking around. Here's my first question. Yes. It's not really a hotel. They all seem to just sort of live there. Yeah, correct. It's it's a residential hotel, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of like just a housing community. It's sort of like the Florida Project. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, yes. do they have, are they always on vacation? Like, does the werewolf have like a job that he's busy like you know is he taking know, that, a break that's what's odd it's also odd that in three they go on a vacation and the as, entire hotel as dracula points out they live in a hotel employees and customers alike oh my do you God. david do you want them to go do their taxes and go over their income in the movie come on I'd genuinely be interested you want to know see them go make how a much is going in and how much is going out like how are they how does the mummy pay his rent yeah, it's more like he's a mummy. It's like hostile Transylvania. <laughs> like, look, the, the 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 werewolf has like five thousand children. Like, how's he supporting all them? And he's paying like you know three hundred a night for a bedroom. But this was the crux. <laughs> like, of the, what's going on? The crux of the pitch was the idea of where do monsters go when they need a break? Sure, that that was his pitch. Right here's a hotel he, like, with all the. He monsters actually stood together. up and he was like, "Where do monsters go when they need a break?" And everyone was like, "Huh?" And he had <laughs> slide. He had Who's the, this guy? He had the clicker in his hand. He's wearing the turtleneck with the little glasses. <laughs> oh my god! Like, because to me, and the, one more thing, <laughs> it's a weird pitch because it's like, I feel like the pitch is should more just be like. We all know Adam Sandler. Click. You know, just the Dracula voice. Click. All right. Movie, is it? Click, he does click. Dracula. Okay. And they live in a hotel or something. All right. Where's my hundred million dollars? Like, but this is the thing. It takes almost six years for Adam Sandler to become part of this thing. Okay. That's weird. That should have been. He pitches it and they're just so desperate for shit. Sony's mm. like, how do we do that Pixar thing? Mm. This guy comes in and he goes, you'll make sequels. And they go sequels. We want those. Sure. Good. <laughs> like that was the pitch was these movies will be successful. And they were like, great. Buy the pitch from him and they go, wait, we need a script. Uh-huh. Okay. So, okay. Andy Tartakovsky is the fifth director announced for this movie. All right. It becomes right. this joke within like- Sixth. The, sixth. Sixth. Yeah. It becomes this joke within the dumb animation blogs that I read for losers. <laughs> that it's like this fucking Sony movie that they bought in like 2003, they're never going to make it. Every two years, they announce someone new as the director of Hotel Transylvania. So for, here's, here's who they had. Yeah. I'm not going to say all their names, but first they had like- uh, the, one of the guys who worked on open season, then they had the lady who worked on open season. Then they had the guy who made surfs up mm -hmm. Then they have a guy who literally doesn't even have like a link for his <laughs> name. That I've just never heard of. Yeah. And then finally, yes, Tartatovsky, uh, his feature debut, yes. but he's well known obviously for, uh, his work on Dexter's lab, which is the first cartoon network animated series, uh, samurai Jack, I which believe. is him reinventing himself as sort of an action so dude. Good. Off of that, Lucas reaches out to him, gives him clone wars. Clone wars. He also worked on the Powerpuff girls, although he didn't create it. He went to college with all those guys. So he would direct on all that like first wrote and produced bunch and of cartoon network original series. It was all the same. They friends, were all kind right? of bosom buddies and they all worked on each other's shows. Um, and then he, after Samurai Jack and, and Clone Wars, which are kind of these mainstream breakthroughs for him because they were more serious and they were so like action heavy, Hollywood got kind of interested in him outside of the animation community. Uh huh. And there was like, oh, we're going to make a Samurai Jack movie. Never materialized. Right. New Line set up that they were going to do a Samurai Jack animated film. And also Brett Ratner was going to direct a live action Samurai Jack adaptation. They were going to do both of them. Then neither of them got off the ground. 
like six years later, when J.J. Abrams had gotten really big, he was like, I'm putting Bad Robot's name behind Samurai Jack. We're going to make a Samurai Jack movie. Mm. Never happened. Jim Henson courted him. He was going to do a Dark Crystal sequel. Active pre-production for years. Never happened. All these things he's like kind of signing on to, it's not going, right? Yep. He does another show for Cartoon Network called Symbiotic Titan that got kind of dumped by them. I've never even seen it. And Terrible was canceled. Name. Yeah, canceled really quickly. And he was at a point of frustration after that. And Sony comes up and poaches him and goes, sure, how would you want to make a movie? Right. Here's the stable of things we have. Here's this fucking Hotel Transylvania thing we bought that we haven't been able to make work. And he goes, I like monsters. He sure. read the script they had. I don't know if it was part of the original pitch or it came through in one of the six other directors, five other directors. But um, the, the notion of the Romeo and Juliet thing, the yeah. human who lands, falls in love with Dracula's daughter, that was there. And he said when he read it, that was like, it was very much a almost Twilight adjacent serious romantic movie Yeah, about the monsters. And their two big moves were, let's get Jen D. Tartofsky. He's one of the best animation directors alive. No one's letting him make a movie. Let's get him on something. And move two was, Sandler is still Sony's big guy at of this course, point in time. Of course, along in with Will Smith. 2010, 2009. Shark Tale. Right. right. Those were their two guys were Will Smith and Adam Sandler. Yep. Um, those were Sony's big in-house movie stars. And mm -hmm. so they said, we could hand this to Will Smith. Uh, I'm sorry, we could hand this to Adam Sandler. Sure. He can bring all his cronies with him. Sure. That's our whole voice cast. That'll give it a comedic Plus sensibility. Plus a pop star. Plus a pop star. It was originally announced Miley as Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. Right, and then they replaced her with Selena Gomez, I think, when Miley Cyrus got too extreme. She said she wanted to focus twisted. on her music, like her dead pets. Yeah. And uh, so they were like, that's the comedy. Let's get Tartakovsky. He's a brilliant visual filmmaker. That's the movie. We're just going to... Chocolate, peanut butter, two great taste, taste great together. That was the notion. But I think this movie was seen as kind of damaged goods. And certainly within the animation community, it was scoffing of like, look at this Hail Mary pass. Right. It, it, they're throwing Sandler on this thing. They're going to turn it into like a shitty grown-ups with monsters. And I feel bad for Tartakovsky that he's stuck on this thing. Yeah. Um, I remember when the trailer came out, I was like so depressed that he had directed this movie. Mm -hmm. I was like, this looks so dumb. I find it so annoying. This guy can't get a real movie made. I missed a flight when I was in LA. Sure. The next flight I could get on was 12 hours later. Right. I had all my luggage there. I was like at LAX, which is sort of like far off okay. away from anything. Okay. So I was like, fuck, what am I going to do for 12 hours? I found a local movie theater. See a movie. Right. Get in and out, see a movie. So I said, oh, right. There's this animated monster film that just came out from a director I really like. I should go see that. And I went and saw Frank and Weenie. All right, Tim Burton. Okay, was deeply sort of meh on, on Frank. Pretty meh movie. Right, His pretty, animated movies are, are pretty bad. And I was like, fuck, Frank and Winnie got these good reviews. That's such a bummer. Gets an I Oscar nomination. More time to kill. I don't know. I guess I'll sneak into Hotel Transylvania. But after Frank and Winnie, my expectations are basement low, sure. right? Yep. And I sit there watching this and I go, I'm here. Downtown Griffey Nooms. <laughs> In downtown LA. I'm watching an American masterpiece. <laughs> Boy. How's everyone sleeping on this fucking thing? Mm -hmm. This movie's breaking ground for character animation and CGI. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because he's bringing back the principles of classic cartooning. You've said this on, on this very podcast. To a medium that has been pretty rigid so far. And I love me my Pixar. This was nominated for a Golden Globe. And was snubbed by the Oscars. It was. I don't think it was going to ever get an Oscar. No, nomination. but see what else got nominated that year. Okay, I'll find. I'll try. I'll try and find out. It is that kind of crappy year 
Um, it was a bad year because it's the year that um, Cars two. Uh, well, Cars did, was Cars two nominated? No, it wasn't. But it was that the year of Cars two where Pixar was or it no, was no, Brave. Brave won that year. Here are your nominees. This they're is actually, the year Paranorman should have won. They're actually pretty good. Yeah, Brave's probably the worst. Yeah, Brave Frankenweenie, which is also not great. No, Paranorman, which is great. Mm-hmm. The Pirates, which is a lot of fun. I really like and Wreck It Ralph. Oh wow! Yeah, which is a a, a, a oh, great time. And I think everyone thought Ralph was going to win. No, I but people, he was going to wreck it. <laughs> I thought he was going to wreck it. I think people honestly didn't know what was going to win, and I think a lot of voters are just like Braves the Pixar one. Sure, like yeah. check whatever. I I genuinely believe most of them didn't see it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They were like, "It's the pic- She's like a girl, the princess right. with an arrow. The hair? Great. Yeah, yeah. they've got big red hair. Sure, yeah. it wins." And then you have that really awkward speech where, like, the first director who was fired is like shoved off stage by the second director. Uh huh. Real weird. Yeah. Who's like, I made this movie inspired by uh, her daughter. Yeah. Um. So, the point is, I'm I'm not going to nerd out about this too much. Ben is already putting his head in his hands. The big thing is that CGI animation, as opposed to hand-drawn animation, is more an art of manipulation. Okay. Right? Because when you're drawing, you can draw anything you want for any frame, and that encourages a real sort of boundary stretching of how these characters can move. Sure. Certainly when you get to the most expressive animation, you get to sort of like uh, Bob Clampett and Tex Avery and Chuck sure, Jones. Tex Avery, right. And these guys who really distort. I know Tex Avery. He's laughing at me. Movement and pose. Yeah, yeah. These right. things Squash, that Tarkovsky. Right. Stretch, right. But this notion of creating tension through physicality right. only. Right, Whether it's comedic tension or dramatic tension, you know, that's Tarkovsky's whole thing. Because Samurai Jack, Clone Wars, that's all about tension through pose, it's just in service of action mm-hmm. and dramatic storytelling. But it's also very minimalistic animation. Yeah, Those characters don't move a lot until they suddenly do. But there are those long stretches where it's like Mace Windu just posing totally still. He loves that stuff. Right, before shit goes crazy. Right, right, right. But then this is the other side of him, which is using the same sort of principles for a purely comedic thing, which is throwing as much elasticity and movement as possible. Um, and that thing that I love, I talked about with... The funniest moment in the history of cinema when a Violet squirts the water out of Very her nose. Very funny. This notion of, based on your mood, your entire physiology can change. The shape of your skull, your body can totally distort. This sort of very expressionistic physicality, right? Um, because CGI animation is about manipulation. It's they build a physical model and then they just move that model. It's like it's a real It's like toy. stop motion, right? Yeah. It's like you're moving a thing. Yeah. Most people don't push animation in that kind of way in the world of CGI of like, okay, if Drac is angry, he's going to get two feet taller. Right. Yes, you're right. So they don't. And this does. See, see, I'm glad he talks about this shit because I never you. think about it. But it's funny. It's funny when Drac suddenly is like all skinny for one moment because right. he's like, you know, I don't know, feeling like ashamed or what. Yeah, right. Yeah, but why do you feel like other franchises or other movies don't? I think, A, that's a Pixar thing in terms of them setting the standard because Toy Story at the time was trying to be sold as, look, it looks real. Like, there's a reason why Toy Story was about toys because they knew at that time the best thing that CGI could replicate was plastic. Yeah, the humans in Toy Story, as we've mentioned look before, terrible. look like, like demons. Right. Like, they're so scary. They look a little better with every t- movie. Yeah, right. but they also get more stylized with every movie. They stop pretending that they're going to make them look even vaguely. Sure, but human. there was always, you know, in Toy Story 2, the, the Wayne Knight character, yeah. where they're like, 
you know, look how like his hair and his yeah. eyes and like we're making, you know, it's all getting more and more detailed and all that. Yeah. They give up on all of that. Yeah. Um, but you do watch the first Toy Story and even just in terms of like the quote unquote lighting in the movie. Right. They really try to make it look like it's a live action movie. Yeah. They're trying to replicate that style, mm-hmm. which then other Pixar movies get more sort of expressionistic in their cinematic language. Okay. But the models stay pretty rigid. And, like, Pete Docter talks about, like, when he was making Inside Out, he was like, I want to go back to old school cartooning. It, I mean, Inside Out is a far better movie than Hotel Transylvania. It is. But yes. in terms of animation, if he's trying to do the same thing, it fails wildly. Yeah, that's not a movie that does that. No. No. And no. this is, like— I'm trying to think of any Pixar movie that does. A, I think, Ben, the reason why—I I think Coco came the closest with the way the skeletons move. Mm. Sure. Okay. Where that gets a little cartoony. They're pretty cool. I think it's A, cool it was viewed as being out of fashion. Oh, that's sort of kid stuff that's not cool. In this sort of like post-Shrek, like, you know, these movies have to be kind of edgy. They have to be kind of snarky. Or the Pixar thing of like they have to be really emotionally grounded and heartfelt and sort of like intellectually challenging. That sort of physical comedy seems out of place. You know? Um, it seems at odds with what they're doing. It's, right. it's like putting, you know— too much like Jerry Lewis slapstick in like a James L. Brooks movie or something. Right. I think that's what they think. I think the other thing is it's super technically complicated because you can do that kind of animation with hand drawing because you just have to have the ability to imagine and draw those poses. To be able to make the models for these characters, which are sort of set in stone in the computer, contort into these ways is insane. And that's the thing that people don't get about these movies is they're like, oh, these movies are kind of cheap. They're kind of like silly and plasticky looking. They had to make so many technological breakthroughs on this movie to make it look this simplistic. Mm-hmm. There's even shit like clothing and CGI is a nightmare as is hair. Right. So a big thing that's been developed over years and years and years are these like computer programs that just sort of like automate it. If you automate the way that – if you personally animate the movements of the characters, the program will – correspondingly move the fabric the right way. Where that gets fucked up is when Tartakovsky comes in and is like, I want Drac going like this and this and that. And there are tests you can see online where they try using the automated AI for the clothing and his like his cape ends up in the middle of his forehead, like poking out his ear. Sure. Like shit like that. Also things like like motion blur, which we're used to seeing if people move really fast. Sure. If you're watching a movie. Right. And his big thing is this like someone standing up straight and then the next frame suddenly they're like curled up in a ball on the floor. Right. If you don't have motion blur in between those things, it looks like strobe lighting. But also it's hard to do motion blur because people aren't moving realistically. So he'll do shit like where if a character is moving really fast, he'll literally have, if you go frame by frame, two or three of that character. So that the motion blur is registering as you can see their movement because they're scanning across the space. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's like they're in two places at once. It's insane, but right, insane right. shit he's doing. Right. So he gets the script. So we're called together. Smigel gives it a rewrite. The Sandler boys come on it. They're going to take care of that stuff. I think Sandler doesn't view this as really one of his movies. He's like, I'm loaning my friends and my name to this thing. I got my buddy to rewrite it, some good jokes, and I'm not going to get hands-on an animated movie. This isn't a Happy Madison movie. Right, it's money. It's like he's making a fun kids movie. Right, so they like, record all know. that stuff, and Tarkovsky just goes buck-fucking-wild on the animation. 
They create new programs called like Gendy Blur to be able to like do all this shit, which now other animation studios use. Yeah. The movie's coming out in September. Everyone thinks it's like a dump. It looks kind of dumb. Sandler's star's getting a little bronzed. After years of being always consistently a $100 million guy, he's had sure. a few flops in a row now. Yeah, let me actually find out. Jack where and Jill he's was at. the first Happy Madison movie to not make $100 million. And that's 2011. Right. And then That's My Boy had come out this year. Uh, and that's a big flop. That only makes 36. But he did make it with Sandberg, who was again in thing. this movie. He was like, Sandberg's going to be my guy. I'm going to make Sandberg. I'm going to pass him down the torch. And I think more than that, Sandberg's into it. He's just like, I yeah. like Adam Sandler. He's funny. Like, I want to do like old Adam Sandler shit. Like, right. I remember that was his pitch for That's My Boy. It's like, yeah, he's like dirty. It's like, dirty again. Yeah, it's right. like, and then everyone saw him was like, we hate this. <laughs> I haven't seen it. So I don't and know. I think like, the notion was much like Kevin James. It was like, we're going to go from you co-starring in a couple happy sure, Madison movies right. to you getting your own happy Madison movies. Right. And then that sort of didn't happen. As Sandberg just did the show instead. Right. But this was yeah. part of the like Sandberg wedging into the world of like, no, I'm carrying with me into this animated thing too. Yeah. And then they sort of hand it off to Tartakovsky who does all this crazy animation shit that I think no one gets and no one's paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Sony animation is run by Hannah Mangella, Anthony Mangella's daughter who has no background in animation, was a Sony exec, and they were like, animation's profitable. Can you do this? Sure. Sony Animation notoriously has no corporate culture. There's like no sort of like brand loyalty. They have the lamest logo too. Right. Yeah. They tried to get Lord Miller to take over after Clyde with a Chance of Meatball and like be the Lassiters, the non-gropey Lassiters. Right. And they were like, we don't want to run this animation department, but it's why they keep on attaching them to all these things, why they're doing the Spider-Man movie now and all this shit. So it was just like this odd duck movie I think people weren't paying attention to. They were mostly trying to sell on Sandler. And then it comes out in September and does weirdly well. Does well. And everyone's like, I don't know, it's some dumb kids movie. Does 100, well, we'll talk about it. We'll, we, maybe we should do three box office games. We will. But <laughs> Great. <laughs> How you doing, Ben? I'm good. Okay. But, but the key here. You're, you're almost done, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The key here is that for me, these movies on an animation perspective are kind of like Busby Berkeley musicals. Okay. Where like Busby Berkeley was like the fucking master of the musical sequence. Sure. And those Gold Digger movies are like so They're much fun great. to watch and have hold no water as films. Sure. There's right. They're There's mostly just like here's an incredible artist in the mode of the thing he does really well. Yeah. And the plots are kind of excuses to put things together. You have great performers. They're funny jokes. They're really entertaining, but he, they're not even striving for anything more. Yeah. And this feels like him using this premise, and he loves monsters and the visual possibilities of monsters, as just like, let me do everything I wish I could do in an animated film. I don't like CGI. Let me make CGI work the way I want CGI to work. Isn't it so sad, though, that all these great animators like like Bird and Tartoski are like, well, I don't really like CGI, like, but I guess I have to find a way to make it work for me. Like, you know, it's like, rather, like just and make he them, keeps let, on talking about how he's like shit. trying to get hand-drawn films made at Sony. Yeah. And not only can he not get that done, but his own projects can't get done at It Sony. just feels like them being like, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Definitely. And then like a year later, they're like, oh, we love money. Do you want to do like Hotel Transylvania 2? Like, are you into that? Yeah. Like, I love, we just really like money. Like, I feel like they make a lot of money. And yes. Target House is probably like, well, I've got this grant. And they're like, no, yeah, yeah. But like, what if like Dracula's runs a hotel again they, they've they announced like, and cancelled I think three different Tartakovsky so movies Lauren Faust who is the creator of uh, My Little Pony 
Yeah. Uh, the new series that everyone loves got announced to do a movie. They canceled that as well. Right. Like they keep on bringing in his sort of people, people like with real sort of strong animation backbones and like real right. voices and visions and then shit canning their movies. Yeah. Um, but, but this first one I think is the interesting. It was such a bummer when like he was announced to direct three. Like it was just such an obvious bummer, even though the three yes. turns out to be good. Like right. it's just because he, he does one. Everyone's like, Oh wow, this is successful. He signs on for two, but the clear deal is he signs on for two. They're letting him set up two other projects. Right. One's an original thing called, can you imagine? I think, mm-hmm. uh, yep. gets canceled. Yeah. The other one was he really wanted to do Popeye. He like fucking loves Popeye. Like 2D Popeye? CGI making it look as 2D as possible. There's a test online you can see that's crazy. I would prefer it was 2D, but he like was all about like, I love physical movement. Popeye is the perfect vehicle for that. I'm going to make a fucking Popeye movie. Mm-hmm. Sony had been squatting on those rights forever. That was just like a brand they bought because they were like, I don't know, Popeye has name recognition. He wrote a Popeye movie and this is one of the big things that came out in the Sony leak is all these emails from Amy Pascal being like, I don't fucking get it. Like he doesn't, she doesn't get the script that he wrote. Any of it. She's like, wait, why do we like Popeye in the first place? Is this character cool? Do kids like him? And she's like emailing Lord and Miller being like, can you watch this thing and tell me if there's something I'm not getting? And they're like, he's a really fucking good animator. What he's doing here is really interesting. And she was like, I don't know if kids want to see this. I'm watching it. It's crazy. It's insane, right? I, I can see why Sony was freaked out by this. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, this was his full CGI test. Like he, he had a full script and they did a story reel screening with like the storyboards and temp voices right. to see the whole movie pre animated. Yeah, right, right. And they were just like, I don't fucking get this thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it looks, it's crazy. Everyone should look it up. It looks insane. Um, but, but all this shit gets shit canned mm. after two, when he says, I'm 100% not coming back for three. I've done my two movies. I had a bad experience doing Hotel Transylvania 2. He actively says Sandler took that movie over and I just kind of wasn't into it. Like he says this in an interview. And in the emails where they're talking about canceling Popeye, Amy Pascal's like, on one hand, I don't get this fucking thing. On the other hand, like Gendy's a trooper. He really handled that Hotel Transylvania 2 situation really well. Sandler was a nightmare on that. Like Amy Pascal in emails is going like, Sandler would come into the room and give him animation notes. Jesus. Sandler shouldn't be noting him on animation. Right, right, it's right. one thing that he no longer had control over the script. Right. It was like Sandler tried to get his hands on everything wow. on two. And he was like, maybe we should do him the solid, but I don't fucking get this Popeye thing. And they announced Hotel Transylvania 3. They were going to get a new director. He goes on vacation with his family on a cruise ship. And he's like, fuck, you know what? I, give a, I, I could do it on a cruise I, ship. But I wonder now, Macarena. will they let him make something totally <laughs> of his own? Because he got this sort of like. I'm just wondering if they're just like, oh, this is doing really great. Do you like, want to do Hotel Transylvania 4? I guarantee you they're going to back the truck up into his backyard. Hotel and Transylvania 3, summer vacation 2? But this feels like... Going another cruise? Like, this franchise was, like, sloppy sixth. It was like a cart before the horse. What if we make six of these? And no one could figure out how to make one. He took over and said, what if we take out all the pretenses of this being, like, a serious thing and make it, like, Mad Magazine? Yeah. Like, you just make it, like, so dense with gags and visual humor and, like, kinetic design and all of that. But one does have, like, a pretty good emotional spine and a very simple, straightforward family movie kind of way. Yeah. I think the Mavis plotline works really well. Mavis fucking rules. Mavis really rules. Let's just be upfront about it. Mavis is cool. She's awesome. She's a nice person. Right. So Hotel Transylvania 1. She's doing well and she has a nice family. Hotel Transylvania 1. Yeah. After that's all right. Now we just shat all over Sony and like poor Tartatovsky having to do this shit, but it's like, 
spoiler alert, the movies are pretty good. Yeah. And spoiler alert, you look in the transfer files. <laughs> Wait a second. Are you talking about making the creative process easier for everyone? Yeah. Oh, that's what we transfer does, my friend. Look, you don't want to get hacked like Sony. You want those emails getting transferred cleanly. They, we transfer built their site to be the simplest way to share big files around the world. For free. All the way to Transylvania. Or a cruise ship. Oh, Bermuda Triangle. There's there's no sign-in. There's no offer codes. There's no password to forget. You just upload, send, and you get back to making what you make. Wow, so in that spirit, there's a spirit in the studio who's telling us, we're skipping the rest of this 60-second ad, getting right back into the podcast. WeTransfer.com. You make we transfer. Yeah, just go there. Send send your files around. Yeah. Yeah. That ghost is spooky. Uh, yeah, right? Um, so the first Ultra Transylvania is yeah. Dracula, single father. Yep. We start the movie with him tending to his daughter. Correct. It's a very cute opening. Yeah, it and is. And he's going full tilt on, on the animated Being, wackiness. Right, right, right. Being silly. But also, it's just like nice to open a movie with like three minutes of a guy being a good dad. Okay. I mean, the whole movie is him being easy. He's a decent dad. I know, but, but they don't saddle you with the tragic backstory at the beginning. I like that they don't start with the wife's death. Yes, that's true. It's not like Finding Nemo where right. like it leads with horror. Right. They just like open on a fun note of watching him chase her around. They both have powers and she's on the ceiling and all right. of that. Right. And he just starts dreaming of a, a sanctuary, a place where they can be safe from the outside world. That's the big notion of the first movie. Yeah, but like it's like a five star hotel. It's expensive. It's very expensive. This is I, this, I honestly the oh, my only problem with the whole franchise is I'm like it's the hotel of like, it all. Do they have to pay? Like, is it a sanctuary? Like, right. what currency are they using? Yeah, what is it like the euro now? Is Romania in the EU? Like, I have to think about that. <laughs> or Hungary or wherever the fuck it is. I'll say the moment where I between those two. The moment where I went like, wait, what the fuck is going on in this movie Mm. is when he starts playing the hotel and there's like the one goblin who's like his like architect construction. It's Romania. It's Romania. I was right. You know the guy I'm talking about though. Yeah, I do. He's like always standing sideways and like shambling, and his head's at a tilt. Um, and and yeah, the movie gets through all this very quickly. Opens up the hotel, and we go to years later, and it's now Mavis's 118th birthday. Right. Right, but she's looks like a twenty year old or whatever because I she's, guess she's eighteen. Ostensibly. Oh, she's eighteen. Oh, one hundred and eighteen. Of course, right, right, right. 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 She's she's idea. a grown up. It's like her uh, bar mitzvah or going to college age. Yeah. Right, yeah, you know, like right. Um, they're throwing this big party for her, and she's always wanted to go out into the outside world. Right, and the thing they keep on selling is the very simple but but effective inversion of. Monsters are being hunted by humans all the time. We can't go in the outside world. They're going to attack us. Yeah, I guess. Except isn't it more, isn't the concept more like that's how it was back in the 1890s they when don't monster know hunting was all the rage. They've been so afraid. They've been hiding. Right, right. They've, been hi- they've all been, again, living in a <laughs> hotel that is somehow paid for. But I'll say this. The first one does open with all the monsters like arriving yeah, with their luggage and shit. And then do they never leave? Right. It's like I oh, keep looking this, at Ben like he's gonna tell is me. Is this the season when they all come to visit? <laughs> right. Is it's, like the a, it's like a Hotel California kind of situation. Oh. When you're when you're here, you never leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're here, you're family. 
So it's like a Olive Garden. It's like Olive an Olive Garden, Garden type of situation. Okay. It's like somewhere between Olive Garden. Would you and say the Olive. characters are welcome? Is it like a USA Network situation? It is. Okay. It is, and sort of like TBS because it's very funny. <laughs> um. So, because we're we learn, of course, that his wife, voiced by Jackie Sandler, of course, <laughs> as, as great Jackie Adam Sandler's want to do. <laughs> yes. Uh, Adam Sandler's love interests who do not have a big part are no. often played by Jackie Sandler. Yep. Uh, she Same was killed, crazy night. Right. She yeah. was killed by human, uh, human mob. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, now it's like the 21st century and like no one gives a shit about this anymore. Right. Isn't that the implication? But here's just like screenwriting 101 faint praise, but just effective. And I feel like I so often see movies botch this. Right. He doesn't want her to go into the outside world. Right. So he sets up a fake town. Right. It's populated by zombies. Which is a sequence I love. It's it's very funny. Because yes. another thing I love is that when she first sees the townspeople, they look like real townspeople. Right. And then it's once the shift of the town starts crumbling, you see that they're masks. Yeah. But it's literally that they built two different models. So at first you're seeing how she perceives them, and then you're seeing the actual yeah. reality of what they look like. Um, we're not going to do the whole plot of everything. We're not. Movie. Right. No, but I'm saying this is... What I like about this movie, a thing I like about this movie, is that uh, the fire started by the town collapsing is what brings Johnny to the hotel. Right, sure. That Drac sure. is the creator of his own He problems. makes his own bed, right, yeah. Right, which I feel like I, movies botch this all the time now with too much coincidence. Yeah, fair especially enough. Especially in family movies where it's like you want this shit tight. Yeah. And it's like Drac's got a lesson to learn. So he's got to let go. Yeah, these are tight movies too. They're all 90-minute movies that right. like kind of, you know, get their message across pretty quickly. I don't know. So Johnny, it's just a bunch of jokes. This like stoner backpacking like teen tour kid. Yeah, he's like what is he? He yeah, he's like a sort of a parody of like a crunchy 2000s yeah, kind of like, like post-college travel the world. Yeah. He's a California dude. Yeah. Yeah. But like he's like lame in a cute way, right? It's like he likes like DJing and what else does he like? I do think it's to the movie's advantage that he's hard to stereotype because they do make him very specific. Yeah. Like they don't just settle into like six obvious stereotypes. Right. He's called like, I think his name is Lofren. Here's one problem I have. It's not a problem. Question. He presents as very Jewish. Correct. But then his parents are not play very waspy. They're waspy. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously the joke is just that they're like very straight laced. Right. Right. But like, you know, he's got like the big red hair. He's voiced by Samberg. Yeah. Like he has a little like redhead kid who's yeah. like, you know, kind of anxious. Denisovich. Yeah, yeah Denisovich. I, I read them as Jewish. But they're not though. He's from Santa Cruz. Yeah. You know, oh, he like, oh, no he's Jews like a hacky in Santa sack Cruz. Guy. He's like a hacky sack guy. Right? That's what he yeah, is. He's a hacky sack guy. Right. He's like a... Uh, like into like uh, the jam band, yeah, right. yeah. He likes or like, like like bad electronic what's music it, uh, scene. Three Eleven. <laughs> he loves <laughs> his backpack. His favorite thing in the world is his backpack. <laughs> loves his backpack. Like has a weird romantic uh, attachment to his back. He likes like Sublime. Uh, yeah, I guess that's an earlier generation. Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, like, you're right. The older, like the newer generation, would be into like EDM or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That. Which he kind of is. Sure, he in likes three, DJing. Yeah. yeah. Um. But he walks in and Mavis zings with him, which is the key concept of this franchise, the notion of zinging. Do you think that was in the original presentation? I don't know. And you see, when people fall in love in these movies, they their eyes flash pink. And then they and zing. they've zinged. Wait, David. Oh, no. Did you just see? Oh, no. Ben's eyes just went pink. Looking, who's he looking at? Right at you. <laughs> David, Ben just zinged. Oh, uh, Hey, Benny. 
Hey. But here's my question. Here's my question. And this is a real question. Yeah. Can, is zinging one way? Well. Because in three, he zings and it takes her a while to zing. Correct. But I, she does eventually. I think it can be one way. I think they sort of present it as being like a less creepy version of uh, the imprinting from the Twilight franchise. Oh, God. That's creepy. Super creepy. But undoubtedly. Where they imprint on babies and go, hey, dibs. So this opening with with all the monsters coming. You really through. love this. Oh sure, right. Well, no, this, thing, this is like his idea. This sanctuary. The uh, you know. But all I just the monsters like the, the chaos of this thing. Like it reminds me of. I I already said Mad Magazine, but the yes, way Mad Magazine, sure. it's yes. like here's the article or the comic strip you're reading on these two pages, but then they're all the little Sergio Argonas drawings in the margins. Right, but also and like, like those Mad parodies where it would be like the first double spread yeah where all of the characters are lined up and yes. they all like have one joke about themselves Correct. that they say like one after the other like you know i'm this and blah like yeah that's what this feels like and he's reducing everyone to like you know and adam's brought all his friends right i'm gonna run them down we got apart from selena gomez right uh-huh his best friend kevin james as frank right like a very blue collar frankenstein who also yeah. just is quietly afraid of fire yeah he kind of has the least bits he's just sort of doing kevin james the only th- yeah he's yeah kevin james is not trying hard to be clear <laughs> no. there is no effort but, but his, like his yeah, the only frankenstein funny joke yeah, yeah, yeah it's fire like, bad fire bad and his his arms fall off yeah sometimes. he falls apart yeah. yeah he's got a gambling and problem. uh and, Fran, <laughs> and yeah, he does fran drescher plays his wife and she's like the bride of frankenstein she's the only only, thankfully, the only nagging wife stereotype she is, in this though. film, which Sandler yes. usually is rife with them. In this uh, movie, they reduce it to one. Um, yes. Then you got Steve Buscemi, who's always in Sandler movies. Yeah, my favorite character. He's good. Yeah, he's good. As Wayne, I also like the way the wolf is animated. He's the werewolf. Well, this is like every, all the main characters in this movie have totally different shapes. Uh, yeah, right. right you know, right. like Dracula's like a teardrop. Yeah, Dracula's very small. Murray is thin. like a circle. Right. Uh, Frank is like a is is like a, a cube a, practically, a cube. right? And Wayne is like a, a inverted triangle. Yes, he's like yes, an upside down yes. triangle, but he's just all like exhaustion. Sure. The bit they latch onto is the fact that they have like an insane litter of wolf children. Right, they have a million children. The most like which is a, haggard father. It's funny that they're like, what should our werewolf bit be? And it's yeah. like because werewolves famously turn into humans, right? He never turns never into turns a into a human. No, their bit is just like that. He's like a dog. Yeah. And I guess dogs have lots of children, but like even that, you're kind of like not really. My single biggest gripe with these <laughs> like, movies is they should have said that he's a wolf man rather than a werewolf. Sure, like the classic. Because werewolf, I keep on going like, when does he ever turn back? Right, he's not a werewolf. No. He's a wolf He's person. a wolf man. Right, yeah. yeah. And like, they have like 500 children. Yes. Like they have like this sort of like ever-growing brood of right. children. When he's the only one who's ever like kind of individually The rest are developed. just like monsters yeah right. yeah right they're funny though they're, they're like, like the swarm. minions of this right right. Yeah. right but i like that they literally are just like a storm like they're just <laughs> yeah, like right. molly shannon plays his wife i mean another thing another criticism is the the women don't have a lot to do. apart from uh, mavis, mavis who's, who's a cool character right. the, the wives quote-unquote are yes. like nothing to do uh then you got david spade as griffin the invisible man and his bit is that he's david spade yeah again <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> not trying too hard. Like, but what do you think they're me? A hundred grand? Yeah. Right? Yeah, More, probably right? easily. Yeah. 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 So just like a day's work. I mean, probably. Sandler makes millions off well, these movies. Well, obviously. He's and like I think, producing I think Kevin right. James probably gets like a million or two. Gomez probably gets like a million or two at this point. Yeah. 
David Spade's probably getting like a couple hundred. He's though. probably making decent money by the third one, decent though. Point. So he's yeah. making a thousand dollars to just be like, "Hey, you didn't see a me." Thousand, yeah, yeah, just for that one line. Watch yeah, where you put line, your right. finger. Yeah, yeah, that line a is thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Is like a more. It's probably like twenty five thousand yeah. dollars for like. He doesn't have hey, a lot I'm of standing. Lines. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, and yeah, his joke is that he's invisible, and sometimes he's like, "Yeah, you didn't notice how I look," and it's like, "No, you're." Invisible. That bit's good where they make fun it's of okay Johnny's sometimes. red curly hair and he's like, hey, I have red curly yeah, that, hair. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, and then Murray the Mummy. Uh, excuse me. And then Adam Sandler's greatest of all friends. CeeLo Green is Murray the Mummy. That's right. CeeLo Green was in this first movie. And then cut. And why did, then why did uh, they he get got rid replaced. of him? Did he uh, do something really terrible? Can't tell if you're doing a bit or do not. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did like four terrible things yeah, and yep. they were all kind of like part of like a sort of a human centipede of badness. Right? They're all kind of linked. Like pre me too. Like it was like one of the first times we kind of canceled a guy like yeah, that. Yeah. We were just like, oh no. Yeah. It's almost like we kind of think he's crazy. Yeah. I think he's crazy. So I'm gonna say fuck you to that guy. See, look, <laughs> cut all of that. Uh, and then he's replaced by uh, Keegan Michael Key in the doing second and a third movie. Green impression, right? Yeah, because like, and again, like, it's weird that that's the, the mummy. What's the mummy's bit? Uh, he's got like kind of like an accent and uh, he's a party dude. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I also don't understand how CeeLo Green got roped into it because everyone else saying. is like, so Sandler's in like, the extended Sandler. He literally family. Sandler was just did his like most dialed right. So it's like <laughs> Kevin, sure, yeah. David, okay, <laughs> uh, Bashami, okay. you know. yeah, John Lovitz. John Lovitz plays Quasi Molly Shannon. And, yeah, I think Molly Shannon Sandberg. It was right. just and then it's like. Oh, CeeLo Green. I, I call him a lot, I guess. Like, like, why is, why CeeLo Green? Yeah. Was it just like that he was hot that year? Like, so odd. Yeah. Like that was just, it was like, oh, we should cast like a famous musician too. Because even if you go into like the deeper supporting cast, it's like Chris Parnell yeah, and like- Parnell's in all of them. Um, He's the fly in the first two. And the fish and, the, and all the, the fish, fish in the She's third one. She's funny as the fish. But even like Taryn Killam and like Paul Britton do some of the background yep. voices in yep. the first one. Like it's like all people in his sphere- uh, yep. except Smigel. for CeeLo Green yes Rob Riggle I think is uh, uh, is, is a the skeleton man skeleton, I think yeah, yeah. Um, you yeah know, the so first one it, it. the basic crux of it is that uh, they've zinged yeah so she falls in love with a backpacker right right and uh, Drac doesn't want anyone like, knowing there's a human it. oh I don't want her to do that he doesn't want anyone to know there's a human at the hotel so he dresses him up like a, a Frankenstein to try to get him out right but then everyone starts falling for that's him that's kind of what's fun about the movie though yeah. is like that they're in on it together yes and it's because he right he doesn't want Mavis to find out that the 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 fire it was all his fault right so that's why he has to ally with Mavis's essentially like love it, interest. It's like pretty tightly plotted. It's nothing yeah. complicated, but it's just like. And then the message of the movie is like humans and monsters aren't so different after all, which is like obvious because they're all voiced by fucking Adam Sandler people, right? And the voice job is just them sounding like people. But but I think the key to this first movie is the fact that Selena Gomez is giving a real performance. Yeah, she's good. It, it's not that what she's doing is super complicated, but there is a surprising amount of integrity and depth to what she's doing. And she makes the longing this character feels for the outside world pretty palpable. Yep. She wants which, to see like a sunset and stuff. I had no experience with Selena Gomez before this movie outside of knowing that Selena Gomez was a thing. I don't think if I'd seen her If you're ready, come and anything. get it. No, 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 no. See, I don't even know that song. It's a good song. Uh, and I saw if this movie, and I was yeah, just like, she's really kind of killing this thing. She's making this character she's kind a of pro. interesting. She was the she's Wizard of Waverly pro. Place. Yeah. You know. But, but Miley Cyrus, who I have no problem That's with as an actress. She was in Spring Breakers. She's in that, right? Oh, she's really good in Spring Garden Breakers, Spring, actually. You've seen yeah. Spring Breakers. I'd so seen Spring Breakers. You did know who she was. Yeah, one of the, the finest American films. Yeah. Um, 
But so I'm just sitting here watching it, loving this animation, getting kind of caught up in the Mavis storyline. I walk out of it and I go like, that wasn't a hack job. That wasn't a paycheck for Tarkovsky. He was giving it his all. It's a sweet movie. What do you think, Ben? You watched them all. I did. When Griffin and I saw the movie yesterday, we were like, has Ben watching them or does he just not want to do that? No, I you did. They're fun family movies. Yeah. yeah. They got and, big monsters and, in them. And, I, and they have big monsters. Like, obviously, there's always a lesson to be told, but sure. it's not hitting you over the head with it. No, they're and pretty pat, but they don't, they don't like bend themselves over backwards trying to shoehorn shit in. Right. And I think there is like just a level of like creativity and artistry to the animation itself that is lacking from like other sort of equivalent franchises like this. Well, because sure. I watched Samurai Jack. So then right. also immediately, uh, and you know, loved uh, Dexter's Lab, yeah. Powerpuff, like a and lot the, of the and shows. And Clone Wars. A lot right. of, yeah. I didn't watch Clone Wars, but still yeah. I like his work. And you recognize it. You're like, oh, yeah. it's not getting oh, lost in this thing. Right away. And yeah. also the three of us are all like early Sandler defenders. Uh, yes, we all like early Sandler movies. And That's him right. working with a director who's got like some Sandler. like pacing and some like genuine like visual craft ups the 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 sort of Sandler comedy as well. Like I feel like this movie feels less lackadaisical than like when I mean you and I've been watching these Netflix Sandler movies, and I'm of two minds of them because I watched something like The Week of, and I'm like. I kind of love that this movie is so low concept sure, right. that it's just characters and Which bits. is kind of what these are like, too. Right. But there's more craft in these, I, well, which yes, is a nice yes. balance. Right. I was right. talking to somebody how, like, if you think about this as a high-budget comedy, yeah. essentially. Like right. it's, it's these like are a huge, pure comedies. Yeah, you're right. right. They're like $90 million comedies. Because, right. because other animated films tend to fall into other genres as well. Right. And these are just straight-up fucking comedies. Yeah. Which and was so, his big thing. I just want to be funny. So all that physical comedy stuff, like it's executed so well and yeah. masterfully. And it's, you know, it's like there's a lot of money going into this, too. And the thing Tarkovsky says is the most satisfying thing for him was seeing the first movie in theaters and watching audiences laugh at purely physical bits. Uh, like right. he felt like that yeah. had sort of fallen away from yeah. animated films. And it's like they're laughing just at the way Drac is moving. I think that, but I also think that reinforces this, like perhaps the the stereotype of these movies is like, oh, they're just like they're dumb, like because it's like yeah. physical humor, right. eh. like people not even seeing them, but like the trailers just make it look like a lot of like, and then he falls over, like. What, or so whatever, is this like right. the same as Minions or yeah, whatever? Right, right. Is it just like a cacophony? Of and like- then the big gag is that he says blah 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 which like I, what is why is what, right. what does that mean i don't know what that means why is that funny they do a weird it's amount funny. of like yeah and, I and don't get, explain it to me i don't know but i'll say the, the other one that i blah, find blah, blah. really funny is is the frank very casual fire bad thing that, yeah that's that funny. frankenstein's still terrified of fire but he says it in this very like you know fire bad yeah yeah kind of thing and they're both just like very mad magazine like oh this is a postmodern take on a monster these are monsters dealing with their reputation yeah the things that we all make fun of them for in the schoolyard when we're like six i genuinely i look at these movies and i go like this would have been a better approach for universal than doing the dark universe um yeah them trying to make an animated family film with all their monsters and their designs would have made more sense. Like, there's more value to the monsters now because of these movies yeah. that Universal has because kids actually know them again in a way that Universal is totally whiffed because they're like, I don't know, it's about the humans fighting the monsters? Yeah, well, the, I mean, look, we all love the Dark Universe. But these movies are, like, largely riffing on the, the Universal movies. Uh, the Dark Universe. The original Universal movies. Sure, a Dark Universe Origins. <laughs> <laughs> So this movie comes out and it's a big hit and they're like, oh, sequel. And Sandler's like, wait, that's 
that's a real thing now. That's a real movie. Sure. And his last two movies are bombed, and he goes like, "I'm gonna fucking." Right, get I'm in all on over this. this. But first, box office game. Okay. I don't care. I don't give a shit. September. We're doing three. Yeah. Box office game. September twenty eighth, two thousand twelve. This movie opened at forty two million dollars. Big surprise. People thought like twenty tops. Yeah, it was a new September record at the time. Correct. Yeah, people were really. Uh, it beat Sweet Home Alabama's like. Then, like, 10-plus-year yeah. reign is the September best movie ever. Right. And then the, the record was beaten by Hotel Transylvania 2. And it was and then Sandler's, it. Sandler's second best ever behind what? Longest Yard? Longest Yard, yeah. which, like, that but shouldn't point, exist. These numbers, like, made no sense. Everyone thought this was just, like, I don't fucking know. You know? Um, so number two at the box office this weekend is directed by a director who we have discussed one of his movies on this podcast. Not in this episode, but we've covered no, we one have, of his We have done one episode on one of his movies. This movie's about time. Mm, sure. The movie's about time? Yeah. We've covered one of his movies. Not a miniseries. We covered no, one of his a, movies. No, it was a special episode for his new movie last year. I would classify this as oh, being Looper. sick. Looper. You classify it as being sick? Like. <laughs> Like good. Ben's throwing the horns. You like it? You like Looper? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah Looper's pretty good. Looper. Looper. Open to 20. Makes yeah. you think. Makes you think. Uh, made 66. Yeah. Sort of doubled its budget. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, and then he gets to make Star Wars. Yeah, but takes a while. I know. Doesn't make a movie for six years. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Was he going to make a movie? I think he had a couple things he was yeah. working on. I don't know if he ever publicly announced. Number three mm-hmm. is from a director who's one, we have covered one of his movies. What? Once again. Only Once one? again, yes. A special one-off episode. This movie is okay. I the next, we, the movie we discussed. Mm-mm. And I've been pitching doing uh, his like more recent movie. I really want us to cover it because I'm obsessed. I'm a diehard. What? You're a diehard for his most recent oh, movie? So good. Are you being sincere? What's, what, what are your favorite movies the last five years? Don't, Assassin's Creed. No, don't, don't listen to him. <laughs> oh, God. Come on, come on. Give me a hint. Um, okay, uh, it's a cop movie, L.A. cop movie. It oh. grosses $41 million total. <sighs> it has kind of a great performance in it. It's not a bad movie. It's very him. Oh, 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 it's End of Watch. It's End of Watch. Uh, with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, yes, Michael Pena, I right. believe Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick yeah. Um, and uh, what movie of David Ayer's have we discussed? Suicide in this Squad and Ben wants to discuss Bright That's and right. Brighter mm-hmm. and Brightest, Bright, Brighter, the Brightest. Trilogy. Number yes. four. Wow, these are some movies. Yeah, Whew. it's a different uh, time. Number four is um, is the rare. This movie stars a really famous director. And it's the rare movie he's Trouble in. Trouble with the curve. Trouble with the curve. The Clint Eastwood baseball pitching scout movie. Yes, he's blind. He's blind. He's going what blind. Fuck? He doesn't want anyone to know. So he has his daughter go with him, and she's learning how to scout and as she, well. It's like Amy Adams, Justin and like Timberlake, Justin, John Goodman. Like this is a film that came out in theaters, and I think it was his main first AD directed it. But I've heard that he kind Lorenz, of took over directing. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, yeah. it's the I believe Trouble with the curve. I believe it's the last movie he acted in. But now he's about now to he's start doing a new, like a mule. drug mule, make America great again. Do you know this? Like, or whatever. Do you know that Clint Eastwood's doing a 90-year-old drug mule movie that he's directing and starring in? 
I that gives me mixed feelings. I got coke in my butt. I kind of <laughs> like. I kind of like that, actually. Yeah, I, I like it. Donald Trump. I don't know if he likes Trump. Maybe he, isn't he? He's kind of like, Trump's kind of a bad guy, but maybe we need a bad guy. Yeah. Right? Like, that's kind of his take right now. I don't know. Maybe I I'm voted for Obama, and then he turned into a chair. <laughs> <laughs> America is run by sorcerers. Uh, number five <laughs> is a film that was like one of those sat on the shelf for a long time and then its star got super famous. So it kind of got dumped and oh, made some money. Oh, oh, fuck. Um, it has a I know really exactly. stupid name. I know. It's the it's the Jennifer Lawrence horror movie, Correct. right? It's called The House at the End of the Street? Correct. Okay. Which made $31 million. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, and that was literally just off. They were like, Jennifer Lawrence is famous now? Oh, yeah. we got this movie. It's yeah. about like a house at the end of some street or something. And they right. were like, sure, September, release it. Yeah. So often when we play this, I am like, who are these people that go to see these movies? Yeah, it's true. Like people were yeah. just like, well, gotta see something. Might as well see what's at the house at the end of the street. Let's see yeah. what's at the end of the street. Guess what? It's like not good, I think. Like yeah. it's a bad, bad house, I it's think. A, it's a dead end. <laughs> yeah, don't go. And you're like three million people saw this. Here's the cra- theaters. Here's the craziest thing about this. Yeah. Number six, opening this weekend, pitch perfect. Crazy. Opens to five million dollars. Now it's like a semi-limited right. release, it was like, like not even three hundred and thirty theaters. Like, oh weird. But like, what's that about? No idea. They were like, yeah, let's platform this like yeah. it's nineteen eighty two. Like, yeah. I, I, whatever, it, it worked. So, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Eventually. Sure. Anyway, so that's Hotel Transylvania one. You're now you yeah, like this movie? Pictures. Love it. Big fan. I watch it a lot. I, I just, you watch it? Oh, so you watched the first one a lot? I watched the first one a lot. I hadn't seen blah, two blah, blah. again. Blah blah blah. I hadn't watched two again since it came out. Mm-hmm. Which I enjoy, but I think is a total gentleman six. Right. I mean, I think I'm basically kind of a gentleman six on all of them, but like that's that to me, that's a positive. Well, I like that. One, I just think the the it's actual sweet. the actual I think it's got a sweeter script. I think it's got a tighter story, and I think the craft is at its highest in the first one. Okay, but all right, but now listen. Yeah. Now you're saying, okay, Hotel Transylvania two, which came out in September twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. same weekend practically. Yeah. You know, there's a scene where they say, like, we should check the Bluetooth. And then there's just a Bluetooth with eyes that just comes up onto the screen. Two does this joke about five times, and every time it's great. There's and one- I just, I laugh and laugh, and then I'm like, like, like my spirit exits my body and, like, yeah. looks at me laughing and is like, really? Like, it was just like a Bluetooth. Like, that's the whole joke. No, I also rewatched that joke four times <laughs> in a row. really funny. The way the tooth moves is really yeah. funny. <laughs> The color of blue, the shade is really funny. Oh, no, but there's that. There's the joke where they interrupt Drac when he's painting, and it looks like he's doing a cubist portrait, and then right. you see the guy's painting, and he's a cubist yeah, monster. Yeah, that's, that's funny. That was funny. There's one where the guy is using the app to, like, modify his face and, like, smudge it, and uh-huh. then you look up and see his face, and his face looks like a smudge. Yep. Like, there's, yep. like, shit. They, they do a lot of that. And it also has more of the literal family guy cutaway things. Where it does it's like, a lot of that. Right. This is the worst thing since Murray opened the hot dog stand. <laughs> and then it's like they're bandaged or whatever, you know? <laughs> they do a couple of those. They do like, uh, maybe Wayne shouldn't be the tennis instructor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do shit like that. I'm realizing how much Sandler's Dracula is kind of triumph the comic insult on. Yeah, sure, sure. But I mean, it is his old Dracula voice, yeah, right? Yes, From right. <laughs> the Bluetooth? It's the best. <laughs> so dumb. The, the other thing that's funny about it is it's not like that's canonically a type of monster. It's a sentient no, large exactly. tooth. That's the thing. Of any no color. one explains like, what is this? Ah, oh, Bluetooth. Blowing out the mic. Sorry. There are gags in these movies, though, that I think are just so purely satisfying. And just a, like, fucking, like, 
tee it up, knock it out of the park kind of way like sure, that. Right. Just like quick, efficient. Right. Yeah. To me, so like you had, all right, so here's another thing, listeners. Griffin proposes that we do this episode like eight months ago. And then I was really worried that you guys were going to hate And then he's them. texting us, the two of us, being like, I hope you like these movies because I don't know. They're kind of a lot and you're going to have to watch them all at once. Like Griffin's nervous Very about nervous. us seeing these movies. Terrified. What were you so worried about? They are 90-minute children's films. Like, they're yes. pretty easy to watch. Right. But I also just thought you'd be like, what is this goofball McKillicuddy bullshit? Yeah, but I, was, you, I, you, I guess you just sold me enough on, like, the animation. Watch and the I just movie. like yeah. Tartatovsky yeah. anyway. But and and once I again, like monsters. Yeah. And monster, that's the other thing. Monsters fucking rule. I love monsters so much. Yeah, they're cool. That like they're ingrained in us. Yes. Like we all know the tropes. We know these characters. And I love them visually. I love like the 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 different scales of things in this movie. You know, the fact that you can have like the lobby of the hotel and like here are tiny little creatures and then yeah, here's they're just all like a floating foot. by. Right, you know? right, right. Yeah. So the, I also just so I kind of like the second one. I, what I'm saying is you you'd liked really it more than I. I right. You'd really like I rock bottomed my expectations. Off. But the second one's just like Borscht Belt jokes. It, it's just, just very silliness. Jokey. And yeah. then when like Mel Brooks shows up at the end, I almost felt like this is thematically appropriate that yes. he's here. Yeah, because like that is all they were doing. It's just a bunch of like young Frankenstein it's, it's a knockoff sketch shit. Movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What do you think about the lesson at two though? Do you so he's like saying it? he's saying the lesson is bad. Like I barely remember that there was a lesson. It's, and it's, it's I mean, very yeah. like uh, uh, pushed aside. It's well, not yeah. like a. It's really to, just about to the sum bits. up the plot of yeah. two. It's I mean, five years later. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, they have a kid. Right, he's a little five year old. I'm sorry. The first ten minutes of this movie span seven years. Yeah, that's because, right. That's because right. it they opens married, with right. their wedding. Then it cuts to one year later, which is Mavis announcing that she's pregnant. Right. Then it cuts to nine months later when. She is in delivery. Sure. And yeah. then it jumps five years to five years Denisovich. Ahead. Denise, who is a little, and, and the whole movie is Dracula being, he loves the kid, but he's like, I wish he was a vampire. I hope he's a vampire. And he has to like become a vampire before he's turns five or else he's not a vampire. And Mavis is wondering if she wants him raised around monsters. Right, Mavis right is like, maybe we should move to the, the suburbs side. or whatever. Right. Now, so what's the lesson of the movie? I, I guess because I'm seeing, I saw this for the first time mm-hmm. a few days ago. Yeah. And so obviously it came out before our current political climate, mm-hmm. but it, it just felt very, Except I want it to be the yeah. way it used to be kind of like vibe. And oh, then like sure. learning to come over that, like get yeah. over that. It just, I, I didn't, I there, wasn't into it. Well, there's, yes, there's a traditionalist streak in this movie, which so. is like, he's kind of a traditionalist. And then sure. when Vlad is introduced, it's like, no, this is the real traditionalist. Right, this is guy. the guy who's kind of real old school. Right, and and Sandler has always like whisper conservative, conservative, conservative. A little bit. Is he super Republican? Like he doesn't talk about it, but that's always the sort of notion. But I always thought he was kind of one of those guys who's like, I don't, I just like being rich. I yeah, don't I don't give a shit. Right. He seems more apathetic yeah, about too, anything apathetic going on in the world. Clear. Right. Yes, right. Um, but but I think this is also a movie that like every fifteen minutes it completely latches onto a new narrative conceit. Right. The first bit is the, all what you're talking about. And then it's like some hotel stuff. Right. Then they go to the camp. There's like a bunch of camp stuff. Right. The the stuff with Johnny and Mavis in California is like literally a concentrated a 15 minute stretch. Like it's they're like not cutting back and the forth. Suburbs, right. right. Yeah. And then Vlad and his bat monsters who are sensibly the antagonist of the movie are not introduced until the last 15 minutes. And also Vlad's like so clearly not a villain anyway because it's right. Mel Brooks and he's being funny. And then he has these, right. He has these like gargoyles. So then the villain is 
is like Bella, who's this Bella Lugosi bat monster. Right. Which Voiced that, by Rob Riggle. Yes. And that sequence with them fighting the bats at the end feels like everything he wanted to do on Popeye. Sure. That sure, feels sure. very like, oh, I'm going to do like crazy wind up punch, jaws contorting and like the wake of the punch sort of stuff. I just remember seeing that they had canceled Popeye and I was like, this is where he put all that energy. Right. Is uh, clearly he just went, I want the end sequence to be a big fist fight. Because that's not the kind of action sequence they have in these movies. I just can't remember anything about this movie already, but I just remembered that I just sort of laughed a bunch. It's totally fun to watch. The script has zero narrative propulsion. It was written by Smigel and And Sandler. Sandler. So Sandler actually got a writing credit. Who rarely takes writing credits on his movies. Blah, blah, blah. Tart, it comes out. I think. Yeah. Does he say that in the movie? He does. Well, he says he doesn't say it. Blah, blah, blah. Three is the one where he Three's actually, where he actually says just it. says it offhandedly right at the start, and everyone's like, hey, he actually said he it. He said it. And the, yeah. then they feel like that joke is over with. Yeah, and then they play I'm in love with a monster for the 15th time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that dumb song they play every 15 minutes in all of these movies. What else? I'm trying to think. Like, the not kid's much. so I mean, it's like cute. The kid's Dennis really is cute. Very cute. The, the thing with he, him and Winnie is really yeah, nice. Yeah, the little wolf girl. Yeah. They're like friends. Um, but it it definitely is. It's more of a scream cheese. Movie. Scream cheese. Rob scream cheese is the one. No, isn't it too? No. Because they give it to Johnny when he's still pretending to be a, a Frankenstein. He has to pretend that he likes oh, it. Oh, you're right. But then it's also into it is into though because yeah. it's, cream a, it's at the works. wedding. Scream cheese is pretty cool. It's a cream cheese that's cream. Um, uh, blah, Johnny blah, blah. is kind of a fuck boy. Oh wow, anti Johnny. We're into Johnny. I like Johnny, but he. I, I'm just saying, if what? it's a kids movie, yeah, it's definitely like uh, men shouldn't behave that way, especially a dad. Should be more responsible. He's like he's um, like basically another kid. I don't wow. like that. Okay, I feel like I that's say, a bad lesson. I think for it kids. is wow. the, the comedic conceit they come You're up with. You're the traditionalist. Well, no. You're like your dad should wear a suit. Come home. I'm surprised Kelly like, Dracula wasn't wearing sweatpants. You're like fucking the the Mr. Banks in Mary Poppins, where you're like singing a song about I mean, how everything has to happen a certain way. I'll say I have heard that complaint <laughs> about these movies that like the Dracula Ford character Band. is constantly trying to make other people, especially his daughter, behave the way he wants them to. Yeah, I guess so. But then he always, but he's always learns the fool. He always learns right. not to do that, I guess. They do kind of like now that Johnny no longer has like the narrative function of like he's the outsider. Now they've accepted him for two and three. They make the joke essentially. Oh, he and the kid are the same. Right. He right. and the kid are kind of allies in this in the second one, because which which I like. This is one thing I like about the movie. Is that um, oh Johnny's uh, working with Drac again? Right, because Mavis he wants, wants to Drac move to the suburbs. It's the classic like dilemma of the new parent, right? Like oh moment, maybe we I'm should. Sorry, I just had a moment where I stepped out of my body for a second and just felt such joy of the fact we're that we're discussing I've, the intricate that I've gotten plot us details. to the point where we can get into discussing the plot nitty gritty of Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> too. I get zero listens for this one. All right, so Mavis is um you know she wants to move to the suburbs because that's new to her. Yeah. And and Johnny is kind of like I've done that, you know. That's the thing. Johnny, he's a wayward soul. He's a backpacker, right? And, he doesn't like the suburbs. I think it's more he just doesn't want to work because yeah. he he's yeah. found a place that somehow just exists without money he, or right. having and to. And he like, also has like a job too that's like a total sham job yeah, where he's he, like, yeah, you're the you know executive vice president or whatever. of DJing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> But I also love. Yeah, you're the, right. Like, He's got it made in the shade. Yeah, oh, Transylvanian shade. Hey. I don't know. I also love. I, I said I this <clears throat> yesterday after we saw three. Uh huh. But that like, they're they're kind of just like a happy married couple. Right. Well, there you're right, and like you know, there's there's jokes in two and three about date night. Yeah. You know, because they they want to fuck once in a while. I don't know. Right. Right. That's and 
They got but, Dennis but they Savage. like fully love each other. They never get into like ball and chain like annoying. And when like, they joke. do, Johnny's usually kind of a voice of reason. It's sort of like he's like, look, man, like this is how it is. Like he he has the kind of like Californian outlook of sort of like everyone should just do what they want to do, man. Like you know, I like that he's a complicated Ben's like, character. Fuck this ben. Guy. ben doesn't like Johnny because yesterday we were like Ben probably loves Johnny. Right? Yeah, we were like talking. Yeah, so yeah. much of yeah. Um, but that's you know it gets this point of everyone accepting everyone the way they are. It's got fun jokes and it's fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I had an okay time uh, watching Hotel Transylvania 2. No subtitle. No subtitle. Yeah. This is a weird subtitle for the movie. Yeah. Uh, box office game? <laughs> box office game. September 25th, 2015. Okay. So we got Hotel Transylvania 2. Opens 48 million. 48. Like yeah. practically the same. Yeah. It bump. just like did well. Yeah. Number two also opening this weekend is a film you auditioned for. <sighs> Boy. Comedy, sort of like a light, you know, uh, sort of uh, uh, know, The Intern? Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? We'll talk about it We're going to be soon. talking about it real soon I, on this here podcast. I auditioned for that movie so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the only one? Are there any other Myers movies you auditioned for? I auditioned for? for It's Complicated as well. Wow. Like three times. That sounds like a complicated process. It was very complicated. I auditioned for three different casting directors because they kept on firing casting directors because they weren't finding people. Yeah. And then the new casting director would be like, we just thought you were an obvious choice for this. <laughs> like, sort of the last person. Uh, Nancy, it was a part. Not a fan of old downtown Griffey Nooms. It was a part that they shot and then cut out of the movie. But they delayed the film hmm. production because they couldn't cast this part. The joke was that she tries to get on dating apps and get back into the dating scene. And then she gets there and the date is like a 19-year-old. Oh, that's a good joke. And it was like a big, you know, it was like a big like six-page scene in the movie in like the first act. And they couldn't fucking find the kid. And they kept on going back to it. And then uh, they just cut it out of the movie. Daryl Sabara got the part. Mm. Spy kids. He himself. spy kids and, mm. and world's greatest dad fame. Yeah, but they cut it. Anyway. So that opened to 17. So, you know, got thumped. Yeah. But that is more of your classic September movie. Right. And, You're and it, kind of like, you know, broad, you know, appealing to an right. older audience. You I'm know. still surprised that movie didn't do better. It didn't do well. No. It didn't get... I don't know what it was about it, actually. I'm not sure why. We'll talk about it on that episode. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. I like it okay, but it does star, you know, has Stupid Noodle Brain Man, who I fucking hate so much. I hate those parts of it. That movie so has bad. two workaholics too many in it. Yes, it does. Yes. All right. So number three. Yeah. It's a sequel mm -hmm. in what becomes a trilogy. Casper Spirit of Beginning? Mm -mm. <laughs> it is, in my opinion, the best of the three. Oh, wow. In this film, I mean, you may not have seen this film. Uh, it's, yeah, he's never even heard of it. There's three of them. There's three of them, which is kind of crazy. Uh, the first one did really well. This one did okay. The third one came and went. Um, it's uh, no question of a fourth. Like it's done. No, it's done. Is it star driven? No, no, not at it's all. It's brand name driven. It's a, it's a, it's an established property. Is it a horror thing? Uh, no, no, it's a teen thing. It's a teen thing. Teen thing. It's a teen thing. There are three of them. They came and went. That makes me think I probably saw it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good one. I like this one. It's a, it, This one's like a decent movie. Not kinda a book series. It kind of reminds me like a... What? Not a book series? Yes, a book series. It is a book series. This kind of reminded me of like the sort of middle Resident Evil movies, which are also really good. So, Oh, is it Maze Runner? Mm. Uh, the Scorch Trials? Welcome to The Scorch. Yeah, I haven't seen them. Uh, I recommend them. Yeah. Uh, the third one is a bit of a bummer, though. So, like, yeah. doesn't really like. 
First one's solid. Second one's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, West Ball, right? West Ball. People Decent say action director. director. Yeah. Number four is another one where you're like, Jesus, it's, it's really, it's the Ben, both times it's these movies where you're like, oh yeah, people like, went to they see went this. to them and they said one for, <laughs> one for this, please. They, they saw the trailer and they're like, wow, he looks terrible. I gotta see this. <laughs> wow, this doesn't star anyone famous? Like, uh, it stars a bunch of people who are kind of famous? Great. But the guy looks terrible in it? No. Okay, so this movie... Uh, it had opened last week limited in like big format and now it's expanding wide. It's a kind of a disaster movie. Everest? Everest. Yeah. Uh, from the director of 101 Reykjavik. Balthazar Kamikasaur. Oh. I, I misread it. I saw the wrong one. Oh yeah. Oh, the next one is oh, the okay. one where he looks terrible. Uh, yeah. Um, not bad. I've seen. I, I, I haven't Everest. seen it. It's okay. He came up on uh, on a Reddit recently. Not what? to do a mini series about. People were like, "What's the fucking deal with that guy?" Because he sort of felt like he was groomed to be a big budget studio journeyman, well, uh, and then he sort of capped out somewhere small. Wal- Wahlberg likes him. He's done he a couple of Wahlberg. Got movies. offered, I think, Fast and Furious Seven, and turned it down. Like he was on He's those okay short lists for a while. He's stylish, and now it did a drift. Uh, that's right. Which right. which was okay. Yeah, uh, you know he does these okay movies. He did two guns. Where you know, why well, have one gun when you could have two? Yeah, two guns. More like two stars. You know, fucking Denzel Washington's in that movie. I know the first ten minutes of that movie rule. Oh really? Yeah, it's really funny and they're really good together. And then it then it just has nothing. Weirdly to do. plotty. Yeah. Well, that happens in a lot of Denzel movies. Yeah, that uh, movie just has. St- Way too much fucking plot. Anyway, and yeah. then number five, yeah, this is it's yes. The premise here is like, what if this famous actor looked terrible, <laughs> so bad? And it's kind of this. It's kind of this famous actor's last film role that got him any praise. Now he is one of the most universally despised people in Hollywood. Wow. So he got me too. Yeah, I mean, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Not 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 quite, I guess. But you know, he had a yes, he had a, a case in the public eye that you know of a, of a, you know abusive behavior. Recent feature in Rolling Stone too. Well, that's, so that's, oh, that's oh, giving it oh, away. Okay, so it's <laughs> a Dempster. Yeah. It's, it's the Dempster. Yeah, uh, a guy we're never going to talk about on this podcast. Thankfully, it's not like we're thinking about a <laughs> miniseries. Like we're thinking about a fucking director who's worked with him eight billion times. <laughs> it's not like we're going to have to. It would dodge through that minefield for months on end. Uh, a guy who's very depressing to think about, mm-hmm. infuriating to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Debster, it's the last time. That it, oh, 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 oh. This is such a bad performance. Oh, boy. this You think this is a bad performance? And people were like, uh, he might get the Oscar. Yeah, you think he's going to get the Oscar this time? Uh, Black Mass. Black Mass. I'm, I'll make you a cake recipe. The uh, whole trail is going to be about a fucking cake or some bread. I can't remember what the recipe is. God, give me this recipe. God, give me this fucking recipe, motherfucker. Where does this rank as worst, like, Clearly, white I am Boston, Boston crime it's movie? Bottom. It's bottom. a bottom. <laughs> yeah. 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 hundred percent. terrible. I watched it on a plane. It sucks. I I think Black Mass is one of the worst films of the last 10 years. <laughs> I will stand behind that. It's, I think a, it's a piece of shit. You know what? It's a what, cinematic Wikipedia entry. It's just a series of things right, that that's happen. that's the thing. And then all it's really got going for it is this like kind of like freakish like Skeletor job they did to yeah. Depp. And, you know, then you Google Whitey Bulger and you're like, he didn't look that no, bad. like a person. <laughs> It's the same thing. He didn't look like a scorpion. It's the same thing as like Foxcatcher where you look at the real guy and you're like, he didn't look like fat Nosferatu. 
And it was clear that these actors were just like, I want to transform into a monster. And then see, what is what is the recipe for? I can't remember. It's it's the steak. It's the that, steak, uh, right. What's his name? David Harbour makes. Right, and he's he like, goes, and just a little bit of girl, recipe, like, right. He's like, just, okay, you, gave, you gave it up that easy. Why, you fucking rat? And then yeah. just like silence. Like a, he's like, ha, 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 ha. Gave it up like a dog. Like, like a dog. Make America great again. Okay, I'm out. He chokes like four women in that movie. It's a gross movie. Yeah, it, movie and it's just sucks. not good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a piece of shit. Scott Cooper. Anyway, maybe he'll want to be on the podcast. Sorry, yeah. Scott. Yeah, he's a big listener. Okay. Um, all right. So that's Hotel Transylvania 2. Then. And then. And then. <laughs> and then. And then. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Do we have an offer for you that we want to tie as closely to this series of children's films as we possibly can. <laughs> are you experiencing erectile dysfunction? Sexual performance issues are more common than you might think. Hey, ask Murray the mommy about it. 25% of new ED cases are guys under 40. 40% <laughs> of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to get or maintain an erection. Imagine how bad it is for a, a guy centuries old like Drac. Sure. He's well over 500 years old, I believe. Even the world's greatest actor, Kevin James, can't fake one. Well, thanks to science... ED can be optional because Hims is going to connect you with real doctors, medical grade solutions to treat erectile dysfunction. Yeah, I mean, these are well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you combat ED. You know, snake oil pills, gas station counter supplements, blue teeth. Blue teeth might work. They might work, actually. No, I mean, one ED pill starting with a V just came off of patent in December 11th. That's a game changer. So Starting with a V, you know which one we're talking about. Vlad, played by Mel Brooks. <laughs> Uh, there's no waiting room. There's no awkward doctor visits, no lines, save hours. You just go to forhims.com. It's easy. You chat to a doctor who mm-hmm. asks you a few quick questions, confidential, and they'll ship the product directly to your door. Yeah. So you can just go to forhims.com slash blank. Oh, you mean F O R H I M S dot com slash blank? No, you leave it blank. No, it's slash blank. And then you can try hymns for a month for $5 and they'll get you started while supplies last. You see the website for full details, but this would cost you hundreds if you went to, a, to the doctor or a pharmacy. What? And look, you need to save that money so you can afford to stay at the Hotel Transylvania for free forever. Right. So that's forhims.com slash blank. So three is where the hotel part of it Excuse starts to get real sweaty. Excuse me. In between. We have to talk about it. You've been waiting. Hotel Transylvania, the series. Oh, yes. It's on Disney XD, maybe? I don't know what it's yes. on. Yeah. So uh, last year when I was doing press and we were flying around a lot and I was running out of stuff to watch on, on airplanes, I tried watching some of it. It is not my cup of tea. Sure. I think it's totally fine. If I was 10, mm-hmm. I probably would be all over it and in on this franchise. It's, um, it's like Monster High. I don't know if you're familiar with Monster High. I'm aware of it. Which was like a big doll brand that was like, oh, they're monster girls that they go to high school together. Um, it's very much in line with that. Um, it's like Hotel Transylvania, the teen years. Okay. None of the adults are really in right. it. It's Mavis-centric, right? It's Mavis-centric. and then Like Dracula's like on business. Right. He's so like his not in it. sister comes and takes over who's like a school marm. Oh, is like weird. a scary kind of like Aunt Lydia. Yeah, she's like a Mrs. McGonagall kind of. Oh, this sounds awful. Yeah, I'm not a huge There's fan. There's a chicken. Yeah, I guess. Wendy oh, she's got Blob? a chicken. Right. So it's like 
Blobby's daughter and Hank Einstein, right. who's Hank's son, Frank's son, and there's a, a, a mummy boy. All right. And we got we got to talk about this. We're, we're moving off of the show. Whatever. Who fucking yeah, cares? Not I, my I thing. don't care. That's my answer so, for that. Not so my thing. We haven't talked about Blobby. Okay. He's a blob, right? Like from the blob, right? Correct. Hey, what does he do? He's He's got eyes. He he's wobbles. Guys, wobbles around. And there's that joke in two where he kind of like where they're on the big chase and he, he like flies out right. the cliff and he's like, he'll be okay. It's Blobby. He's Blobby. <laughs> they- <laughs> Which is like weirdly funny again. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of things in this movie that yeah, like, doesn't sound funny. Sort of. <laughs> right. It's kind of cute. Um, Blobby is like background in the first one. Sure. Clearly he liked animating him or, or Sandler yeah, he's thought it was fun, funny or right. whatever it was. So they write him into two a bunch where he invites himself into the sort of boys outing yeah. with the Drac pack. Right. And they put him in the little sidecar yeah. and he's just constantly getting like hit and smacked and getting he's like, like invincible leaves and branches. He's stuck like in his fucking blob. Terminator robot who can like, you know, disassemble into particulate matter right. and reassemble and shit. All right. So in the third movie, yeah. this is what I want to lead with. We'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's not set in a hotel anymore. It's on a cruise ship. Yeah. You know. He vomits. Uh-huh. I just want to lead with this. Well, first, he's swaying back and forth. He's, he's turning different colors. He turns yellow and then purple, yes. I think. Yes, I believe so. And then he vomits yeah. and creates new life. Baby blobby. He creates a baby through vomiting. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Just weird. Um, And then also think, later. Did you like that part? About that part? Yeah. Did you think that was cool? Yeah. Okay, great. Also I later. I thought it was kind of like uh, symbolism for. Oh, Ben. <laughs> We're not in the four hymns ad anymore. Come on. <laughs> Later, he also takes some blob out of his tummy. Yes, he does. Makes a pair of sunglasses for himself, yes, a pair of sunglasses for the little baby blobby. Correct. But then also later, he makes a puppy out of his blob. Yes, he does. And so that has sentience. Sometimes he can create other life with new eyeballs that came from seemingly right. the ether. Eyeballs suggest sentience. Right. If it has eyeballs, it's its own thing. Other times it's just inanimate objects. Right. But there's a sequence where it's like he's like in, invulnerable. Where like, uh, uh, what's your name? Van Helsing. Um, the, what, uh, the oh, oh the, um, the, the love interest in yes. this movie, Erica Van Helsing. Erica Van Helsing is trying Catherine Hahn. to kill Dracula. Uh, right. Catherine Hahn, one of her finest actresses. Right. There's this long sequence where she keeps missing Dracula and hitting Blobby. And he just bounces back. Right. Right. Um, you, you were losing your mind a little at Blobby. Yeah, Bobby's Bobby's crazy. Yeah, just like the rules of Bobby are only like yeah. denser and stranger as it all goes on. That dude crazy. <laughs> He's a little weird. Yeah, like maybe someone should think about like what what's up with Bobby. But that's like, like also again again honestly, how's he paying his rent? Yeah, and here's another thing. He okay, makes so- money out of Blob. Oh shit, that's pretty impressive. That's actually, actually. A really but, good answer. But all right, all right, so all right. Here's the premise of Hotel Transylvania 3, yeah. which, as we should make clear, was written by Tartakovsky. Yes. And Michael McCullers, who yeah, was an SNL like, guy, who I think they brought did, on like, the to Austin Power Sandler. Right, right, right. And then Tartakovsky got a co-writing credit. Uh, really, this is kind of his movie. Uh, yes. They and kept Sandler at bay. They did. And Sony no longer has a relationship with it. Like, that's the other that's thing. That's the thing is, he like, left for Netflix anyway, so what does Sony fucking care? They right. don't need to appease him we'll anymore. We'll pay you to show up and do your thing. And he does it. And you know what? Sandler's fine in the movie, but fine. he definitely is more toned down. Like, there's yeah. less of his silliness. He's and, still good. And if the second one is more like that sort of, like, verbal gag, this one is really about movement. So Like, this visual. is all fucking just crazy movement. So here's here's the premise of Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. HG3 SV. 
uh, uh, you know, he's stressed out. He wants to go on a date, maybe. So he's very lonely. He's a little lonely. Hasn't zinged in Hunter two years. Uh, his his daughter Mavis misinterprets this. Yeah. Maybe wavy. Misinterprets this as like he needs a, a break. Yeah. So she books him on a surprise cruise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also books go tickets on. for everyone. That's who- the question. <laughs> Here's my question. I get putting him on the cruise, 100%. but did she in the hotel yeah. say to everyone who's paying to be at the hotel? Yeah. I assume, Hey, do you want to buy new tickets for a new hotel experience on a boat while you're on your endless vacation? Cause Mavis, Johnny, Dennis and Drac going on a cruise ship makes total sense. Drac extending the invite to, but he doesn't cause it's a surprise to him. Right. So everyone's but, but there, even, though. Even Mavis extending the invite to, let me get his five closest friends. Right. Murray, Frank, Griffin. You know, like, let, right, me, let right, me bring right. them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The floating brain guy, the yeah, skeleton couple. Every, everyone's fucking the Bigfoot guy. He can't even fit on the boat. You just because see his leg. other mo- <laughs> monsters found out about the cruise because there was targeted advertising for, to well, other monsters. Well. That's a good actually, point. Ben is so smart. Because they're watching actually, TV. Ben is so smart. They and then are. you see, right, an ad. For monsters. Right, for, are you a monster? Like, yeah. come on this cruise. But like, okay, then what the fuck? Where's their brand loyalty? Yeah. They don't like the the hotel yeah they all decide to is this and they're also they're leaving a vacation to go on a different vacation like we packed our bags from our home to go stay at a hotel and who, now we're gonna repack our who bags who has ever done this who has ever left one vacation to go on another vacation spontaneously it's crazy Murray the mommy I retort the answer is Murray the mommy right sure um no, it makes no no fucking sense. It doesn't this make is like any an update sense. on the George Carlin bit, a place for my stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. sure. Right. It's also it's a weird thread in this movie that like at the end of the first one when they go into the town to try to get Johnny, right? Like Johnny's gonna fly and he realizes that he's crushed Mavis by sending her love away. Because Johnny denies, he says that he could never be with a monster, right? Right. So he goes and chases after Johnny. They have to go out into the real world. And when they go into town, they realize there's a monster fest. Right. And these people now love monsters. Right. They're not scared of them anymore. They're excited. They're huge fans. Frank gives a big speech about how they need their help. And they all help Dracula get to the plane, turns to a bat, gives this thing. Right? Right. The second one just takes place in a world where now it's like monsters and humans are really cool with each other. Right. There's this thing um, where like... Month, like the walls have fallen down. Right. There's but no we segregation. We never see anymore. humans. Apart from Johnny's parents. Right. Come in. And then what, the, the like 15 minute California section. Yeah. Where but, Johnny's parents bring over other mixed couples. Yeah. And the joke is right. Like the one of the guys oh, is just a weirdo beardo. Right. right. Just, you know. And like, um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, you, you know, the, but the premise of Hotel Transylvania is still that it's a mo- hotel for monsters. Right. Like, it's not like it's not a hotel for monsters anymore. And it's not like they don't just all hang out with their monster friends. Well, yeah. I think they mention they've expanded it and are trying to attract more humans. Yes. Because that's what Johnny is sort that's of doing. his job. Sort but he's not doing. working Human very hard. No. Well, he's no, not good he's at his job. He's blazing it. <laughs> he sucks it. at his job. Blazing he's, it for like 20. He's just like this fucking millennial just like, you know, barely working hard and everything just, just leave millennials alone, Ben. 
Hotel Transylvania 3. Right. So, Can we so talk go, about the most important part of the movie? What is it? Bobby vomits and creates another Bobby. No, I know we already talked about I it. I like that a lot. <laughs> okay, fine. The most important part of the movie is Gremlin Airlock. Okay, oh, thank okay. you. This is, this is so good. This is so good. I've seen it a long this time. So it should have been the home movie. I was so oh, happy about 100%. it. 100%. Like, the best thing about it is there's no intro it's just we're like we get it you know what i mean it's just like what if an airplane was terrible and a right. bunch of gremlins and all they do is want to destroy that's you that's the mad magazine thing it's like we're it's going off funny. of like the common collective pop culture knowledge base and we're just riffing it's on really it. funny because th- here's how they're introduced there's a, uh, an establishing shot of a plane i think yep. it's called regular airlines yes and it looks it's just in the air and, and like, then we pan, pan left <laughs> yeah. right and it's gremlin airlines and it's like a fucking like zeppelin that's falling apart or whatever right? it's like the flight <laughs> of the phoenix and uh, there are a bunch of gremlins they look like the gremlins from gremlins they're basically. tearing apart the plane <laughs> yeah, as right. they're flying it. They, like wh- uh, what else do they do the I stewardess does everything you're not like right. unbuckle your seatbelt right. like she's slamming people's like feet with the carts I also love that it's like it's all this so really funny aggro assholey behavior and also constantly coming around with the drink cart <laughs> which I like they're listing as the same level of irritation <laughs> like getting physically attacked is as bad as having someone come by and offer soda I think gremlin airlines Time. It is the perfect example of, right, of what Tartatovsky is yes. doing, which is like, why don't we just load it with funny, funny jokes, yeah. weird visual jokes, just yeah. like every frame Density. will just be chaos. Yeah. It'll be like all this fun stuff happening. The it's landing funny. is so the funny. The landing, they just yeah. die bomb into the water. It's funny. It's all funny. <laughs> and she's still got the drink cart going. Yeah, it's fucking it's it's good, good shit. And then they land in the Bermuda Triangle, which is where right. this ship starts. Right. And you realize it's Erica Van Helsing, great-granddaughter of Abraham Van Helsing, the lineage right. of these monster hunters. Right, because there's this prologue where you see the Van Helsings like over and over oh, again trying to kill fun. Dracula. Like this Wile Coyote bit of him constantly being this close to killing Dracula yeah. and then getting injured himself. Um, and she now has created this cruise ship for monsters. Sure. Try to get them all on there so that her great-grandfather, who is still alive, is now a steampunk cyborg man. Um... Yes, that's also funny. Yes. Right, that he's a weird robot and it takes forever for the steam thing to move. Three is insane. <laughs> Three's a lot. Three has weird <laughs> ideas. It does. Because the way they want to kill for them. For example, like they, they go on a second vacation. No, they do dismiss that almost immediately. You immediately. know, they like yeah. now acknowledge the joke yeah. and they're done with it. Right. Um, but they do, like the notion is, the, the MacGuffin of the movie is that the only way to kill a monster is to unleash whatever killed everyone in Atlantis because apparently Atlantis was a city of monsters. I guess so. So it's the Kraken is the only monster that can kill other monsters. Right. Van Helsing's idea, I guess, is right. Like, and Atlantis is I now can't do it. Vegas? a casino. Well, that's but, funny. But yeah. who goes there if no one is aware right. of Atlantis? And none of it makes sense because it's no. like, that's the thing I kept wondering. It's like, I know that this particular cruise yeah. was like a, a magnet for the monsters. Yeah. But the way it's run feels like it happens all the time. And Correct. Erica alludes to growing up on the boat. Yeah. So, like, is she doing this to other monsters? What's going on right. here? Do the fish know about it? There's these fish with legs, which is another insane gag. You it's only like ever some see Dr. them in Dr. Demento profile. shit. Right. Right. It's a classic animation thing where they're not three dimensional. Right. They're and they're all voiced by Chris Parnell. They're all the here. same. Yeah. And they're like butlers and stewards and all this stuff. Right. And the best bit with them is that they have the kids' club. Which yeah. which Wayne and his wife cannot comprehend the idea that people will take their kids off of their hands. Right. And give them free time. Um, I'm trying to, yeah. And then these fish are just constantly being attacked by these wolf pups. That's funny. Yeah. That's a funny sequence. Yeah. 
when they're like explaining the concept of daycare. Yeah. Which like it's a five star hotel. Why isn't the original hotel a daycare? And here's another thing. The fuck. Sorry. I mean, David, can you write a Yelp review? <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm just noticing some flaws. Because we were, we were texting the other day about these movies, and you were saying what a good businessman he is. And he now is a good I feel like you're man. looking into it in the terms of that he made it financially. Except, but, then, but then when you're like, wait a second, no, wait a second, what is the business model, right? <laughs> right. And who's paying? And yeah. doesn't he just own the castle anyway? Like, it's does impressive he have to pay rent? that he's a hotelier while being a single father, but also the, the business maybe is not sound. But it is kind of like, it's like every room has to be tailored to the specific needs yeah. of the monsters. There's like the there's bed a with the little fish. fleas. Right, right. right. Yeah, like, does he have to pay the zombies? Or is it yeah, right. Has he just oh, brought them the back zombies. from the dead? Yeah, yeah the, the three lack zombies. It does, in a major uh, way. Because the fish yeah. are sort of the replacement right. for the zombies. Weird that three also opens with a wedding. That, it does. It opens weird, with the pufferfish wedding. Right, yeah. That, that's weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the plot is that Erica is supposed to kill Dracula, but uh, Abraham wants it to happen with the Kraken. Erica also 100% looks like a Popeye character. She does. She she's looks like little, Famous Studios. She's got the pointy The eyes, uh, what you were saying, the weirdly flat mm-hmm. eyes. Yeah. yeah. But then we also met a new friend in this movie. My boy. Hi, Bob. Bob, a.k.a. Tinkles. So this is great. It's two Crush jokes that is. I like <laughs> throughout the movie. Okay, so for one, obviously Ben's all over Tinkles because uh, the joke of Tinkles so is good. that the kid got a dog, uh, <laughs> Denise Denisovich. But the dog, the dog is. It was a short day on the DVD for two. But the dog is like forty times the size of him. The dog is like the size of a house. Yeah, and it's like a pug. It's sort of like or or some kind of like a little silly dog, but it's giant. And they get on the boat, and no pets allowed, so they put a trench coat and a hat on him, and then they go, "This is Bob," and suddenly the dog can speak, but can only say, "Hi, Bob." (laughs) Right, which is weird. There's no internal logic in this movie. they don't explain how he says that. They don't explain anything. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. They don't like, no. well, whatever. But yeah, I love the dog, the, yeah. the big dog joke. I love always the you put him in a trench coat and everyone thinks he's a person joke. That's like one of the top 10 greatest jokes. <laughs> oh, it's always good. <laughs> it's always good. And then they have the perfect payoff in this, which is when. When, when his hat falls off, everyone's like, wait, it's just tinkles. <laughs> It's and funny the hat, that the, the, the ruse worked. Right? The, the hat, hat is small. Sized. So the hat's like a Guys, this is a good movie. I, I might bump That's it up a star. funny. See? This is funny. Come on. Like this, the third one is just airplane. Like the third yeah. one is just like, there's no real narrative, like integrity to this thing. It's just funny shit. And yeah. just weird visual shit. Also has a ton of slobber. Uh, yeah, he. There's multiple times that yes. he like coats a room. Yes, in s- slobber. Yeah. What are the two things? Big wet. Wet. Shit. Fuck. Fuck. God damn He's it. Blown this wide open. Jesus fucking Christ. Shit, asshole. <laughs> um. So, I know everything's different. Everything's different now. So, um. What else we got? Yeah, so there's the, the the plot here. Also, you got Mavis is sort of having to deal with the fact that her dad might have zinged with someone new. And she's, it's kind of flipped now. He only now. zinged once, I she's thought. She's the one who's worried about him. Right. He gets really goofy once he falls in love with Erica. They have him turn into like Charlie Brown's squiggle mouth, which is another visual I always love. His like head droops all the yeah, way into the funny. center of his chest. And he just goes, I'll be there, 
Another thing, just inexplicably Inexplicable, fun. not really returned to. Kind of dumb, like incredibly effective. And eventually Erica realizes that Dracula isn't so bad. He keeps trying to save her life when she's getting the tentacle thing, the, the tentacle statue. Which is a sweet sequence. And then also turns into a dance routine where she keeps on stepping on these traps. Oh, we should mention that all of these movies end with dance sequences. Yes. Like another thing about Drac is that he loves dancing. He likes right. like break dancing. Well, because in the first one, they're playing the party and uh, Frank and Murray and all of them, their band is going to play, which sucks. And then Johnny sort of like takes over. And then in the final party sequence, after Johnny's done his like musical number, he hands the mic to Drac and Drac raps for like two or three minutes. Right. And then dances like a motherfucker. Yeah, the rapping I could do without, but the dancing I like. Yeah, and then the second one, they play I'm in Love with a Monster three more times. <laughs> What's the dance sequence at the end of... T- oh, they just fucking have yeah, a dance yeah. party. What are you talking yeah. about? There's no explanation. <laughs> but the third one, like it goes like insane because they... This Kraken, who originally was okay, like a so lounge singer, sw- like right. crooner, this is some played by shit. Joe Jonas. Played by Joe Jonas, which is weird. Once, uh, okay, so they show up in Atlantis. Atlantis is like a honky-tonk casino town, right. which I think is funny. I do too. I'm laughing. Yeah, I'm larfing. I'm larfing. Yeah. Kraken, right. Oh, he's so scary. It turns out, right. Yeah. He, he's got a microphone. Atlantis. Yeah, right. and that's the bit. But then Van Helsing yeah, opens up the thing. Scroll, sheet music. Scroll. This, the sheet music, very important. Right. Plays the sheet music. Activates the crack. Makes the crack an evil. Johnny's flipping out because he's like, I love good EDM. This is, I like that it's more than that just they have to stop the Kraken. Yeah. Johnny is actively mad that music is being used yeah. to, to do something bad. He's warping the thing that he loves. And yeah. Johnny's already had his whole philosophical speech, which he took from like some Kung Fu equivalent show. Uh, about finding tranquility within oneself, but now he gets really fucking worked up about right. this thing. He's got his backpack. He's got all the DJ equipment. Drax, right. like, you just had all of that on you. Right. Um, and they're trying to find the song to calm down the Kraken, and they play Don't Worry, Be Happy. They play, what's the other one they play? Uh, fuck, what's the first one? Oh, they play? oh Good Each Vibrations. Voice, yeah. yeah, Good Vibrations, then Don't Worry, Be Happy. Right. I like that the songs get worse. Yes. Because the idea is it has to be such a filthy earworm that you just cannot get rid of. And then a thing that I never believed I would consent to existing <laughs> right. in a movie that I like, <laughs> that I would in any way approve of a film that uses the Macarena as its deuce ex machina. So he plays the Macarena, but right. It is woven densely into the plot because listen, I'm going to talk for a second. Please. One, there's that idea that it has to be such an inescapable earworm, yes. right? right? That like it dominates this, this fucking satanic Kraken right. music. It just has to be pure joy. Positive. It compels you to dance. Big part. And it compels the sheet music. The very sheet dances to the Macarena and tears itself in twain. I love that so much. These movies are insane. That the sheet music is so into the Macarena that it dances itself yeah. into shreds. Yeah. I have another thing to say about the Macarena. Please. One, I found. I looked it up today. It turns out it's about a lady called Macarena. Did you know that? That's what the lyrics they're are about. Trying to get her attention. Hey, <laughs> like, Macarena. They're just talking about how nice she is. Like they have like a crush on her. Two. All right. Macarena, big hit twenty yeah. years ago, right? Yeah. The dance, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the dance. The like sort of you know j- you know jungle beach beat yeah. you know which is kind of what made it a hit. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's catchy. Yeah. 
people don't give enough credit to the two old guys yes. who sing the song. <laughs> we're, they're great. Or wearing suits. Yeah, they're just these two old guys. In a guy Los Del Rio. Yes. They're just a couple old guys. You know, I think they've like been doing this shit for a thousand years. Two nice men catcalling an innocent woman. <laughs> <laughs> they choreograph dance. Uh, they're they're like I think they're uh, Spanish, you know, yeah. and they you know they're just they're, they must be dead by now, right? No, they're still fucking really? going. They're they're kicking us. That's the other crazy Antonio thing. Antonio Romero Monge. Yeah, and Rafael Ruiz Perdigones. That song is fully. It was a cold read. Good job. I'm not sure if I nailed that. That song is fully 20 years old now. Yes, and it was originally just the the them singing part, and then someone comes in, remixes it with the beat, oh. and the, the dance gets added, and gotcha. that's when it, like, okay. boom. But it's such a weird thing to put into this movie, because I feel Very like- Very weird, because- Kids don't know what it is, are, or do they? I don't know. Maybe they do. No, I, I feel like there are other songs like that that kids now know as like memed, like like you know, never gonna give you up and things like that. Shake it off. I don't think kids rem- like have a knowledge. I don't think people have done postmodern like. I mean, I, I think references. it's still out there in the ether a little bit, but yeah, it's a very but weird here's choice. The, here's what the choice is. I think to them, they're like, well, parents will get it because it's the macarena. Yeah. Kids. Will like it because it's a dumb song that's easy yeah. to like. Like right. I mean, they're like people liked it twenty years that was ago. The appeal of it the first shit time up in the nineties. I guess it's like the I like to move it, move it shit, Madagascar, which right. I hate. Yeah, and that, so that's for even some worse. reason, I right. watch it in this. I'm just like, okay, Jandy gets a pass. Yeah, no, but do you think they just called like whatever, like Crazy Frog, and he was like, I need like two million, and they were like, no, you know, they just sort of kept calling. That's not like, how he said it. He said, I need two million. <laughs> they called like the Venga Lu- Boys. I was just like, they called Lou Vega, and then finally. He says relax. Like Los Del Rio, like, oh, of course, you can have it 100 yeah. grand. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm from Spain. Like, I don't like, and like, they were like, great, great, perfect. Like, it's Tar- Tarnowski. It's, it's the Macarena. You yeah. start making them do the Macarena. It's a crazy movie. <laughs> you and I both turned to each other the second it ended and went, they're not going to make him make a four, are they? I don't know, and man. It's going to make so much money. And I feel like, Gendy, you got to walk away. Right. I don't know, like, what now, but the guy makes three huge hits. If Sony won't let him make his real movie now, they're never going to. Move on. Go work for a different company. I don't know. Do you know that in his fallow period where he was trying to get a future made and couldn't, that he also did, like, storyboards for live-action movies? Like, he designed a bunch of the action sequences for Iron Man 2. He's got such a visual sense. Yeah, but, like, big directors were bringing him in to, like— Previous shit. You want to talk about Mother's Ball? You were looking at Mark Mother's Ball. Oh, I just yeah, well, I thought we guy. should mention yeah. he did all three films. Good yeah. scores. He They're does great. he does Good great scores. scores. I like his uh, Ragnarok score a lot. Do you want to hear the coolest fucking thing in the world? I uh, shoot. was catching up with old uh, gate lockings. He did a Marin. Like, oh, about sure, a year sure, ago sure. Yeah. Who are your who are your tracks? I don't know. Yeah. Who are your blobs? Uh, who are your cone hats? Um, but he uh, energy domes. But he said when he started doing uh, commercial jingles. Mother's Ball you're talking right. about, right. Because his into scoring was Pee-wee's Playhouse because he was friends with Paul Rubens. He didn't think he was going to be a composer. Did that, was like, oh, man, I love this. Uh-huh. And then started doing commercial jingles. And Marin was like, so why do you want to do commercial jingles? And he was like, well, I just found out about subliminal messaging. And I thought this is a good vehicle to do that. And he was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, I would get hired to do these commercial jingles. And I did like Hawaiian Punch. And, uh, you know, the end of the theme went like, do-do-do-do-do-do. And I uh, put into the mix me saying, sugar is bad for you. (laughs) 
And he was like, really? And, and did you get in trouble? And he was like, no, I did that for 15 years. Oh for God. 15 years, every commercial jingle Mark Mothersbaugh did, he would put subliminal messages in that went against the product. That's so cool. Right? Sugar Hell is yeah. bad for you. That's awesome. Cool. And they said they finally got onto it and were like, the, the end of the road, buddy. Yo, straight they up, one up. of the cooler people. Oh, Mark Mothersbaugh that is alive right now. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he real, he's a nice guy. I made it through a whole episode. <laughs> He's, yeah, of, of the children's cartoons. Okay, can I do a merchandise box? No, we're doing the third box office game. Yeah, fine, do a merchandise box. We're going to get the two things ready at the same time. Third box office game. It opened to what? 49? 44. Oh, so it was a little lower. A little lower, but then I think it's been making more. Midweek it's been making. Yeah, it's been doing. What the fuck is this? I, I, I don't. It looks like soap. I can't tell what it is. They're called Hotel Transylvania Monster Mayhem Trunks. Oh, is it like there's a l- little toys inside them? Yeah, there's a key. Oh, wow. And a little trunk, and you get a monster oh. and stickers inside. Do we each get like two? You got Correct. like eight of them. <laughs> How many did you get? Six? Did you get Bought six? a six pack from Amazon. <laughs> Are they going to be all different? Like They that- should all be different. Hopefully. They're, uh, how many? They're like fucking 30 different characters. Now, I got to pre-warn you. Here's the bad news. Some of them are characters from the cartoon show. Oh, fuck that. I don't want the rooster or whatever. Wendy Blobby, who's yeah. like fucking... Oh, so now Blobby has a daughter who can talk? She can talk? Yeah, it sucks. She's like a nerd. Oh, God. Okay, so you got the little key on the scissors. side. I don't have any... Uh... Oh, there aren't. Yeah. Yeah, here. There you go. There's a corkscrew. You got a little here. key. Is and this you gotta, for Snooki? You got to put the key in the thing. Oh, you it, pop it open. I got Mavie Wavy. Hey, Mavis. I got, I got Mavis. Look at that. Who doesn't like Mavis? Everyone likes Mavis. She's the best character, right? Yeah, she is. I like Mavis and Wayne. Those are my best monster friends. Uh, yeah, Wayne's pretty cool. That's Buscemi. Yeah. Okay, all right. Who did I get here? Oh, uh, the mummy. I got the mummy. Oh, no, he's no, got like a hat. The boy. It's, it's like his, his son child. from the TV show. Oh, his name God. is Pedro. He sucks. You see, I was expecting there to be more things in the chest. There's just one thing. Yeah, I clear. think some chests maybe have more. more. What does it say? One monster, one trunk key, and cur- a collector's gun. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I thought there was a, like a sticker or something. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's okay. I can handle it. Apologies. I can handle, it. I can handle the disappointment for sure. How you guys out there doing? You like this? Everyone loves it. <laughs> Do you like this? Part I thought we were going to play the box office game while this. Oh, was okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, it opened to forty-four. Yeah. Uh, number two is a Marvel movie. Oh fuck! Well, it okay. just opened. This just fucking happened. I know. Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh okay. I've single fuck oh, to something else. What? I got the shitty ant character. Oh, uh, there she is. Yeah. My take on Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm. Really good. Yeah, it's actually great. I I think it's good. I think it's almost underrated. I didn't like it. Uh, what? You're a dumb idiot. Yeah. Wait, what's this that I got? I don't know what this is. By the way, when I, from the when I said show. dumb, oh, I did wonder though about almost like like you know mm. logistical stuff. Mm. The the mobile little tiny house, mm-hmm. no pipes. Where did the poop go? <laughs> well, for one, okay. So other people have asked me this question. One, question. I'm like, here, here's question. question I, one I have for these people: How often do you think they're pooping? It's a lab. Like they don't have to spend all their time. In You've it. already had this conversation yes. with people. Wow. Yes, I have. I'm friends wow. with Jordan Hoffman. Oh right. Um, um two. It's called composting. Three, this man has invented shrinking technologies. He probably just shrinks all the poops and puts them in a garbage can. Oh, that's a really good point. And the other thing is people like how it's powered and people didn't point out like there are giant batteries on the wall that you see in a couple shots like Mm -hmm. because he can fucking enlarge them. 
Because he's got cool shrink no, technology. No, that's a good right. point. He shrinks the poop. Now, I'm not saying I wouldn't have enjoyed a sequence in which you see him shrinking the poop. Sure. And then throwing it away in a doggy bag or whatever. Right. And maybe it would be grossing a little more if it, he had included that in the film. I got Bat Mavis. Oh, that's a good get. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because wait, we didn't talk about it. They can turn into bats. Yes. Uh, the vampires. I, I got this. I have no idea what's going on here. Okay. So what, one of those is the shrunken head. Oh, that's who knocker. it is. Right, right. Right. But then the other thing is some of these come with pieces it's of- It's like Johnny. No, it's Hank. Blue. It's oh. Hank who's Frankenstein's son on the cartoon show. That's the other weird thing about the cartoon shows. All these people have kids and then the movies, they're just negligent parents who never see their children. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like the cartoon show. Uh, who'd you get? You got the bat? I yeah. want Mavis. I'm mad I didn't get Mavis. I got Mavis. Wait, you opened both yours. Mm-hmm. I got the mummy kid. Right. And then, Ben, did you open both here? No, you're opening your second one now. Oh, Maybe he's going to get Tinkles. Oh, what if he got Tinkles? Tinkles would be good. Yeah. Just say, what if... Yeah, I don't know. Aunt Lydia. Uh, this dumb aunt character. Wait, what mean is lady. this? Oh, that looks like the blob nerd child. I think he got Wendy Blob. Dude, we got six of these and like four of them are from the cartoon. I'm looking at this little guide that it came with and they tell you the odds of getting characters and the odds are stacked to getting characters from the cartoon show, which is dumb. Like if you want like Captain Erica, it's like a one in 42 chance you get Captain Erica. Same with Drac. It's a one in 41 chance you get Drac. This is like some pyramid scheme yeah, garbage. Yeah, fuck this. I've made this a terrible mistake. How much did these cost? It didn't cost much. I got six of these for $20. Okay, but like, you know, you could have just gotten anything it's else. It's American money. I could have spent it on food. Why didn't you like Ant-Man? I don't know. I might have been in the wrong mood to see it. God, I loved it. I saw it again. Like, I, I it was... Really? It's, yeah, it's probably my favorite, like, Marvel in a while. Like... It's so fucking funny. I'm just feeling frustration with the Marvel thing. I like Peyton Reed. I'm feeling frustration with the Marvel thing. But it doesn't have any Marvel thing. It's just like a great comedy where things get big and small. You know, this is the thing, though. I didn't laugh at like a single joke in the entire movie. No. You didn't laugh at the Michael Pena stuff? No, and I thought I would. I was right there. Maybe maybe some of the Baba Yaga stuff. That was good. Yeah. That's great. Baba Yaga, though. I think the best part of this is actually just the little trunks. Yeah, the trunks are pretty solid. The trunks look like kind of Muppet monsters. They have teeth and, and shit. Anyway. Uh, skyscraper uh, is number three. I gave it away. Skyscraper. Oh yeah. Takes <laughs> place uh, skyscraper. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I didn't, didn't see it. He should make less movies. Uh, I've been on the record. I've said this. He makes too many movies. He does. He's 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 overloaded right now. Do you yeah. see skyscraper? I did it. Yeah. Neither did I. All right. Number four, Incredibles <laughs> two. We already saw that. Yeah. Number five is another sequel. It's doing very well. Not quite as well as its predecessor. It's really chill. Is it? It's a very chill sequel. Yeah, it's so chill. I don't know what he's talking Jurassic about. Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Why are you saying it's chill? Uh, just like good time. Let's <laughs> have fun. Um, did you see Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? I've not. I've seen so little No, I know, I'm just finding yeah. out. Uh, no, I haven't seen it yet. Well, it's I, not, I've been debating whether or not I ever will see it. it it's not very good, but yeah. I recommend seeing it anyway. Yeah. Because it's kind of weird. It sounds weird. The second half of it is, is it's not great. The, tr- the script is bad. Yeah. But the kind of weird haunted house idea is not the worst I'm, idea I'm in the world. I'm kind of into that. Like, there's moments where I was kind of into it because it's so silly. That's also more what I would want yes. them to be doing with dress. Yes. The problem is the first half is garbage. Turn your fucking phone I'm off. sorry. Romley's texting me. You know, how's Romley? She said she wants to start a podcast. <laughs> okay. Go for it, Romley. Have fun 
we got a competitive advantage. It's called two friends. Exactly. You can't do that. We can find a friend. Do we? We already uh, first the purge. You see that? I don't know. That was the text. I haven't responded yet. Uh, first purge. I haven't seen. I've seen. I've seen almost nothing. This well, I'm going to run down really... some movies. Just okay. say yes or no. Sorry okay. to bother you. No. Uh, Sicario. Day of the Soldado. No. Oh, you're missing out. Um, Uncle Drew, you didn't see it? No. That's top of my list. Um, uh, I hate sports, but I love old age makeup, and I love getting the team back together movies. Right, which is what it is. Right. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I, I'll i say I watched that. It's it's solid. It's yeah. not, like, quite as good as I was hoping. Yeah, I wish I, it was it secretly is like, a masterpiece. I mean, it is, like, a, I mean, a lot of the performances in the movie are from NBA players. <laughs> And like I'm not even they're actually all pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean the movie definitely like makes Lil Rel Howery and Nick Kroll do a lot of the work just because like it they're, knows they will right. be able to do it just fine. Yeah. But um you know, yeah, you know, like there has to be like emotional scenes between Kyrie Irving and Shaq. And like Shaq has to pull his weight there because like Kyrie so Irving is, on this is a newer actor. Yeah. But it's still like kind of good. I just wanted it to be goofier and I feel like these like branded movies like yeah. that are based on it just can't be that goofy like i it should be sure like, it should be kind of a dirty movie and it's like not really allowed to is be. there any pepsi shit in the movie no no not no. at least nothing that i really yeah. detected okay um but it, it's not bad and i will say i saw it at a you know went to a screening mm-hmm. and it is the only time at a screening when the security guard there's always a security guard at the screen who's like making <laughs> oh. sure we don't like yeah. you know film Laugh the movie, at the movie. You no know, like was so into the movie that he sat down next to me and told me how much fun he was having and watched the whole movie with See, me we both great. like laughed a that's bunch. a movie this summer um and oceans eight you were cut out of this one was cut out haven't seen <laughs> uh won't you be my neighbor i have seen that mm-hmm. um i it's okay I, yeah i also think uh that should have gotten the judd apatow seven hour treatment Sure, I mean he's fascinating. He he's is, fascinating, he is. and his career was so long, and there's so many things that he touched culturally sure, that sure. it feels could, like the movie like, yeah, has to be packed because it has to get through things quickly. I also think they just literally didn't talk to enough people. Yeah, I think you're I right. was watching and I was like, there are really only like ten people they interviewed. Yeah, you're right. You're right for a guy who like his legacy lasted decades. But then you know, see, there's this other movie that's based on a story that's so true, like you wouldn't believe it. It's like the truest story ever. Tag, tag, hanging in there. Can you believe it? Can't tags made money. 51. Yeah. There'd be like a lot of quiet, like 51s this summer. You know what? Also, no one like talks quietly about- a piece of shit. What? Tag. Not that good. Gonna be honest with <laughs> you. You know what's a box house performance that no one's talking about? Yeah. Uh, book Club is tiptoeing to like 70. Yeah. Right? Book Club's made 67. Yeah. 68. Sorry. I'm checking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pretty good. And zero worldwide. <laughs> I guess it'll roll out later. I- I'm going to start the Oscar campaign now. For Steenbergen? No. Candace LeBron James Bergen. She's good. She's getting buckets that whole movie. Three point shots from mid court. Yeah, she's she's doing great. Buckets. Um, yeah, we've got uh, whew, Deadpool two. Kind of softly disappointed. Still did really well. Well, look, I, it's like it feels disappointing, but then you think about the fact that there are Deadpool movies that make three hundred yeah, million. Yeah, no, and you're right, it's and insane. it's like holy shit. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, Hereditary. Hereditary did great. Hereditary was like actually like kind of an amazing uh, hit. That's, that's I think, my two of the year. My number two. Wow. Yeah. Not me. I loved it. It's good. I like it. Big, big fan. What's your number one of the year? You were never really here. Oh, yeah. That's good, too. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And my sure. number three is Hotel Transylvania 3. <laughs> Have you seen Leave No Trace? I haven't seen that yet. Uh, that I recommend. Yeah, you love that? Love that movie. Is that your, is that your one right now? 
What's your number one again? First Reform. Right. That that fucking place. I saw for First Reform. Definitely. I like First Reformed yeah. a lot. First Reformed. Um, but I think I really, I recommend Leave No Choice because I feel like it won't last in theaters quite yeah, as long. It's bummer. really, really, really good. And it's very, very understated. But so it's like kind of worth being in a theater with it. Like, sure. And it's just wonderful. I really Something else is. Oh, Three Identical Strangers. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's another yeah. one where it's like, it's a holy shit story. Like, honestly, right. where I'm like, I don't think that's a very good movie. But if either. someone asked me, like, should I see it? I'd be like, yeah, you know, it's, you it's a pretty fun this. movie to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it is genuinely nuts. It also, like, isn't resolved, which is not the fault sure. of the filmmakers. But sure. the movie that's ends true. at this point where it's like, oh, there's all this information we're going to get at some point in the next yeah. 20 years. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, and then uh, Eighth Grade oh, uh, I need is to worth see seeing. Yeah, and to see everything. I know, you'll see it. I'll see it all. Ben, uh, what's your favorite of the year? Yeah, I I also liked. You liked you never, never really, really here. Annihilation. Do you did you dig that? It feels like a Ben movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of what I saw that I really liked. I'm looking at my movie pass history. Casper uh, spirited. I thought Hereditary was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Um, but you wanted it to end with Satan going ah 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 like that. Right? That was your big note. <laughs> yeah, that's his big note. Yeah, uh, but. I don't know. Yeah, don't it's know weird that. that Satan hasn't been in any of the Hotel Transylvania movies. Maybe, yeah, maybe the uh, Sony thing, wants to dude? tiptoe around. Where's that fucker at? Oh yeah, you want to get him in? Get him on board? Yeah, maybe his quotes too high. There's like a fishy guy in the first one who does that weird little dancey thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's a gif. I've been sending you guys Hotel Transylvania gifts a lot recently. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I'm a fun person to be friends with. Uh, yeah, you are. It's really fun that we did this episode. Uh, it probably was like two hours and fifteen minutes long, or something completely yeah, ridiculous was it way too like long, that. Ben? Oh, I'm sorry. I got distracted. Cool. Cut it how out. Long, how long are we going? Long enough. Okay. Yep. It's time uh, to wrap it up. Two hours and change. Okay, done. Right. End of episode. Done. Out of here. Thank you all for listening. Next week, business is normal. Only Next week is- Ice Storm. The Ice Storm. With special guest, Emily Yoshida. Mother of Blankies. Great up. Now, six-time guest? Who knows? Who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. I think we say at the beginning of the episode. Probably. Tune in for that. Thanks to our sponsors, Hymns and WeTransfer. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and stay tuned for a dramatic reading of some burger reports. Um, please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to blankies.rad.com for some real nerdy shit. Thanks to Andrew Fergura for our social media, Joe Bowen. Uh, and uh, uh, Pat Reynolds for our work, Lee Montgomery for our theme song. And as always, blah, 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 blah. Do, 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 do. Thank you for calling the Burger Report hotline. 802-8-BURGER. Please leave a message with your FAMO type of burger and location, and we will try to put it on the podcast if we can. That's 802-8-BURGER. <clears throat> Welcome to Burger Report Theater. <laughs> this is the bit. We read Burger Report submitted via the written word. Mm -hmm. Dramatically. Okay. Here's one. This is a text we received. Text we received. I am writing in with a Burger Report. Yeah. I saw now disgraced Kurt Schilling... Eating a burger. Get this. It was a wrap instead of a bun at Lux Burger in Providence, Rhode Island. Just want to fill in some details there. Now disgraced Kurt Schilling. He, he was like a pitcher. Right? And then he's like, now he's like a racist, I guess. I don't know.
It's like a you're looking at me like, like I know a bad guy on bad guy on Twitter. That seems to be a weirdly popular career trajectory these days. <laughs> yeah, he went from like you know kind of semi famous athlete to a uh, racist. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I shouldn't slander him because I forget what bad thing he did, but he's like one of those people on the internet who's tweeting all day and everyone hates him. I don't know anything more than that's that. That's a career move. It's yeah. a career move. Well, good thing the next big report is about someone who has never done anything bad. Go ahead, <clears throat> take it away. June nineteenth. 6.07 p.m. That's when the text was submitted. Yeah, I, was, I didn't read the dateline because it was just when we got the message. I'm sorry. Let me start over. You threw off my rhythm. June 19th, 6.07 p.m. <laughs> In 2015, I walked into a Shake Shack not too far from the UN with a couple of my friends. We ordered and then noticed there were intimidating big men, presumably security guards, guarding every exit of the restaurant. A group of men, I'm sorry, paragraph break. A group of men were escorted inside by another group of men and seated at the table, it was Vladimir Putin. It's actually crazy. <laughs> the day before, he had a meeting with Obama at the UN, so I know for sure he was in town. He was eating a hamburger with absolutely <laughs> nothing on it, just a bun and the meat. If you need any greater evidence that he is a threat to our democracy, <laughs> there it is. There's the smoking gun. Just a bun in the meat. Vladimir Putin is a fucking monster. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. 